Oh, I'm so nervous. Welcome to the skinny with Mike and Chicken. Chicken. <laughs> oh man, we're here, Adam. The end of the road. But you know what? I have decided something. This this list is way too important. So instead of just this this one being the last episode, yes, what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a full episode for number ten. Yes, and then next week we're gonna do a full episode for number nine. There you go. <laughs> It's been a slow news couple of months, hasn't it? It has been, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, man, I am so excited. Well, welcome, you guys, to The Skinny we can only talk Mike s- and Adam. We can only talk so much about Neck Deep's recording a new album. Neck Deep. <laughs> I'm sure there's some fans out there of them. We can't talk trash, because the, the way the Knuckle Puck fans have uh, gone on the offensive against Jared Longy, we, we shouldn't talk trash on <laughs> some of those bands that may sound like the story so far and knuckle puck. Oh yes. But anyway, those bands will not be on our top 10 list. I will just throw that out there. Spoiler alert. Whoa, dude, you are jumping the gun way too early, man. Just I, saying you are upsetting me. <laughs> uh, but, uh, welcome to episode zero two three zero. Whoa. Uh, and, uh, today is a very special episode cause for the last five six? weeks, six weeks, is this a seven week process that we've been on? I don't on? know. I'd I've... say home one. So one to 81, 80 to 61, 60 to 41, 40 to 21, 20 to 11. This is the sixth week. But we lost an episode in there. And we lost an episode. <laughs> this is the seventh week we've been doing this. But you know what? I've been having an amazing time, and it's great it's... to learn more about each other, about the, you know what, what makes our favorite albums, what makes... I feel like we are married now. Like most... Married couples don't go through this. Well, that's what is amazing and why I, I opted to do what we're going to do at the end of the episode. Okay. Was because now we know so much about each other. Right. But how much do we know? Oh, boy. So we'll get to that in a minute. But for okay. now, uh, we're, just gonna, we're gonna get the formalities out of the way and we have some very cool messages I'd like to read on the air. But first, we are The Skinny with Mike and Adam. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Skinny with Mike and Adam. You can follow us on Twitter which would be great because according to a lot of um, you know press applications, I guess the number of Twitter followers you have is, is, is pretty important. So we've got to get more than 26, <laughs> which would be great. Oh, God. So you can follow us at The Skinny Pod on maybe, Twitter. Maybe we should do more promoting on the twits. We should, yeah. I can make, okay. I can make dumb jokes. Yes. That are music related. Well, you make dumb jokes almost every day on Facebook. Almost every day, but none of, almost none of them are music related. So I gotta start coming up with music related jokes to just start tagging yourself in there. I, I don't know how it works. But you anyway. tag yourself in in <laughs> what do you do in Twitter? If you have an, if you want to email us, like apparently you know uh, a couple of weeks ago we got a request for an email, but it was sent to Facebook anyway. But if if you want to email us for any reason, hate mail, love mail, Ooh, hate requests, mail. that'd be great. Uh, you can email us at the skinny with Mike and Adam at gmail dot com. Uh, what else? And if you'd like to help out our, sh- if you'd like to help us out and our show, if you've been enjoying our top one hundred albums for the last several weeks, please do us a favor and go to our Facebook page and our on our timeline. The top pinned post is an Amazon affiliate link. If you click on that, it takes you straight to Amazon, and you can just do your regular shopping, and we get a kickback somehow. Somehow, not really sure how yet. Not yet, but uh, well, it, it'll pay off Figure eventually. If you guys would like to help us out, uh, you know, it's just a nice small way you can you can you know show your appreciation to the show. Other than uh, you know commenting 
and sending us messages. We and speaking of messages. We appreciate those. Or just clicking like on our post. That would be nice, or, too. I don't know. Retweeting? Is that a thing? That's a thing. We've Not gotten like, like some retweets from Seosin. And the Dead Fan Rabbits. of the show. The Dead Rabbits. Fan of the show. And, well, Bumblefoot liked our post. Bumblefoot. Fan of the show. When we talked about Art of Anarchy. We said <laughs> nothing good about that album, but Bumblefoot liked it. So we know he listened. Maybe he hates it as well. <laughs> uh, but speaking of messages... <laughs> We got a couple this past week. This is exciting. Really, Two. I know. We've been getting a lot of cool fan feedback. And what's that noise? Um, it's the construction oh, going yeah, on. Oh, right, that, that guy with the sand. Uh, it's rocks. Sorry, it's rocks. <laughs> uh, but we got a couple messages that I'd like to read because they were really nice. Uh, one of them is his own list. And one of them was a really nice message over here. So this is from a listener, Matthew. Uh, hello, Mike and Adam. Long time listener here. And I just wanted to give my quick thoughts on the Warped lineup. Very cool. We're going to be talking a lot about Warped in the coming weeks. Uh, I'm not bummed at all with the lineup, even though I am only looking forward to a dozen of those bands. Only a dozen. We were happy. We were so happy that there was a dozen bands on there that we were interested in. <laughs> Man, you, 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 were, you were getting a steal if there's Man. a dozen bands that you want. Uh, it's impossible to see all the bands you want to see it if really there's is. any more than that, right? Yeah, I don't know but, what uh, Matthew's Warped history is, but you know, if, you, if you do choose to go this year... You're going to get your money's worth. So I'm not bummed at all with the lineup. Oh, I'm sorry. there. So bringing back older bands has got me really curious because I never know what new band I am going to like next. Yes. Some bands I am looking forward to seeing are DGD, yes. HLH, Hands Like Houses, <laughs> uh, Silent Planet, Silar, Movements, and The White Noise. What are some bands you guys recommend me check out? Uh, anyways, love the show, and I can't wait to hear y'all's number one album, of all time. I wondered if The White Noise was named after that The Living End album. Hmm. Their, their fifth album was called The White Noise. Interesting. So anyway, I don't know who Pilar is. is that... Oh, yeah. So Silar? Silar. Silar. So, <laughs> so I, I went ahead and messaged uh, back Matthew, and, and he got it. And, you know, We had a nice back and forth. So I went ahead and recommended some bands that were going to be there this year that we saw live. Uh, and, well... We haven't seen one of these bands live, but uh, I, I have seen like footage, and and I and I and I and I told them that like you know you wouldn't be disappointed with uh, their performance, and I said and, and I said, oh I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong part of the message. Uh, so Beartooth, I recommended he go check out. Bless the Fall, we're, of course, always puts on a great show. We'll let you know how Beartooth does tonight when we go to the show. We are going to see them open up for Underworld and Bring Me the Horizon. My if we God. get if we get there in time. Shut up, Adam. <laughs> We'll get there just fine. <laughs> Our last night put on a great show when we saw yes. them at the uh, at the glass, glass house, house in Pomona, twenty fourteen, and Trophy Eyes. They put on a great show last year as well. I am. So, do you have any other miracle? <laughs> Never we forget. said that we, Adam and I are in that documentary. We are in a Trophy Eyes documentary in For the like crowd. Half a second. <laughs> Mike screenshotted it and circled us. <laughs> yep, I did. <laughs> so gay. <laughs> so, do you have any other recommendations that he sees uh, outside of the ones that I shared? Uh, Trophy Eyes was the biggest one. Yeah. I think they're like the one I'm most excited for. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Bless the Falls and all that. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of standard. That, that's pretty standard, but they are a great. I mean, the, if you haven't seen them live before, I do recommend you check the them The Silversteins? Silverstein. They do put on a great show, and they will be there. Yes. We might um, interview them. Remember when we almost interviewed them in 2015? Shut up, Adam! <laughs> shit went down. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen now. But anyway, uh, uh, New Year's Day. New Year's Day, yeah. They, you... they're, they're, a very, uh, they're a very flamboyant kind of band as well. So if you like good theatrics on stage, New Year's Day is a good band to check I, out. 
I don't think we've ever seen them live. We haven't. We passed them by, I believe. We, uh, we got really close to Ash Costello. They, they, the... they were in their signing booth. Yes. And we walked by, and I was like, I love her. I'm going to marry that later in the Later in the day, <laughs> when we saw her in the press area. We saw her. We saw her voguing. Oh, God. Yeah. It just burned in my memory. <laughs> and I was just like, I am going to marry that woman. So, so Matthew, you know, based just, just on the bands that you said that you were excited for, and if you get a chance to see the bands that I recommended too, if, if, if you get a chance to see like half of those bands, you're going to have a great day at Warped. So, uh, so n- never you worry, my friend. You're going to have a great time. Yes. So we got another message from another longtime listener. It's a little bit of a long one because it's a uh, you know it's twenty to eleven and this yes. is our friend Daniel who we uh, who we uh, know as Dance Show Mo Dance again great fucking name uh, so here's his <laughs> message hey guys I absolutely loved the episode so many fantastic albums mentioned and I gotta say I really loved the episode too the episode's going great. back and re-listening to it yeah I was like yes I like all of the songs that I chose for mine at least like those were like the perfect. And I made a playlist uh, that I shared with everybody on Wednesday. Go back on our right. Facebook page if you haven't already. But, ah, oh, such a great playlist. The Iris. Oh, The Iris. And the I think, acoustic number and, three. And anyway, I'll tell, I'll tell you more about that after we read <laughs> DSD's message. That's so right. Ahead. So, so many fantastic albums mentioned. A few just barely missed my list, like Rise Against, Seosin, and The Use. Also, thanks to Adam, Adam, I'm finally going to check out Soundgarden. Yes. As that a- is great. And because... And again, this is why I was so glad that I chose that track. Yeah. Because that is such an unknown to the masses mm-hmm. Soundgarden track. You don't want to choose like, something that someone's heard over and over again. But it's like the best Soundgarden mm-hmm. song. I mean, there's tons of great songs on that album, but man, does that one stand out. So as promised, and here are my albums from 20 to 11. Here we go. Just so you know, DSD. You only really need to listen to uh, Bad Motor Finger, Super Unknown, Down on the Upside. If you want to go further back... Be my guest, but you will probably be very disappointed. Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> the album prior to Bad Motor Finger, it, it's not it's not the same band. Mm. They definitely shifted a lot. Yeah, that was that was definitely their breakout album. Yes, even though the one I learned the one before that mm-hmm. was their first major label. Oh, cool! Bad Motor Finger was actually their second major label on A and M Records. Sometimes it takes, you know, just one little thing before your before your big break. And I learned that Temple of the Dog came out. In April '91. Okay. Ten came out in August '91. Oh. Bad Motor Finger came out in October of '91. Oh. So Temple of the Dog technically came first. Okay, cool. Before most of those guys were even known. Technically, not even a supergroup. That's right. Technically, were... the original band. Exactly. <laughs> kind of crazy. But anyway, back to his list. So <laughs> these aren't numbered, but I'm going to assume they're in descending order. So number twenty, Emery. You were never alone. Yes, which, you know you're you're quite my favorite Emery album. I'm actually surprised this made it on my list, but between the absolutely absolutely beautiful music, great lyrics, this album is such an emotional experience for me. Number nineteen, Tides of Man, Empire Theory. Now that's interesting because I haven't heard this one, but Mike has told me. Yes, this he is Tillian t- Pearson's original band before right. trying to join Seosin and then right. joining Dance Gavin Dance. But uh, this is a nostalgic album for me. I can remember the exact time and place. That I heard it. In my opinion, it's the best work Tillian has ever done. Ever. In my opinion, Tillian's best work was on Acceptance Speech by Dance by Dance Gavin Dance. Yes. Yeah, but Tillian is a great front man. I thought you you had said negative things about Tides of Man or whatever. I don't think I listened to Empire Theory though, because I think I listened to the last album that Tillian Pearson was on. I could be mistaken though. I thought the 
there was like one with Tillian, and then the next one was the all instrumental. All instrumental, band, yeah. So this might be the instrumental. No, because it's Tillian. So it might be <laughs> like, yeah, I could be mistaken though. But okay. uh, here we go. Number 18, get the Gaslight Anthem, that 59 sound. Oh, Thank- that, that, that little album that we tend to just gloss over sometimes. Hey, hey Adam. Right? Flex your right arm. I, there's, there's words <laughs> from that album on my fucking bicep. Thank you guys for talking about this band to the point of me checking them out. This album is the height of Brian Fallon's powers. The height. Hopes Fall, number 17, The Satellite Years. This is a great album. This is an album oh. I checked out a long time ago. Oh, okay. uh, don't know if you know of this band. It's a fantastic metalcore, hardcore album. It has some of the most beautifully heavy guitars I have ever heard. Uh, I highly recommend anything from this band. Great choice. Uh, What's it called? Hopes Fall. Hopes Fall. Hopes Fall. Uh, Number 16. Here's an interesting choice. A Lot Like Birds conversation piece. Definitely the best A Lot Like Birds album. It sure is. Until maybe Divacy. Maybe we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I unintentionally did that. (laughs) Another nostalgic one for me. This album is such a great balance of beauty and chaos. And the lyrics are some of... My favorite in music. Yes, I have fond memories of chasing my daughter around a parking lot in Joliet, <laughs> Illinois, listening to conversation piece, trying to maintain my sanity. Um, and I realized, like, oh, hey, this album's pretty good. And then, <laughs> oh, my daughter's standing in a giant rain puddle now. <laughs> anyway, I have, I, I like that album. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, Dance Gavin Dance with Happiness. Interesting choice. Uh, my favorite Dance Gavin Dance album. There you I go. think the band found a sweet spot with Kurt that they haven't been able to match afterwards. Kurt Travis is honestly one of my favorite vocalists of all time, as evidenced by his A Lot Like Birds choice. I, I don't... Well, obviously, Happiness didn't make it onto my top 100, so I, I'm definitely more of a, 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 a Tillian fan when yeah, it comes I can, to this. But, but I can see why, because um, Happiness is, I feel like, the most unique Dance Gavin Dance album. It's the most jazzy for sure. Right. And uh, it's definitely my favorite non-Tillian album. Yeah. If you want to put it that way. That's true. <laughs> uh, so here's an album that neither of us have heard. Uh, Me Without You, 10 Stories. I imagine you guys haven't heard of this album, but they're basically a mixture of indie rock with post-hardcore with mostly spoken word vocals. Mm. This album is a lyrical masterpiece. It is a concept record about anthropomorph- anthropomorphic circus animals as the backdrop for discussing thoughts about God, <laughs> faith, and just life in general. Nice. That is the most that's, interesting that's, concept. <laughs> that is a musical adaptation of Animal Farm. Oh, my. Right? Every album like a backwards, is Like a backwards Animal Farm <laughs> where they go towards Jesus and there we not go. away from... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend it. I there looked that band up. They have like six albums. They do. They have a yeah. long discography. Uh, Thrice, The Artist in the Ambulance, there which is, go. of course, Adam's favorite thrice album yes and luckily we did this list or else i would have exactly, never known right? that <laughs> so my favorite thrice album this album is a flawless balance of catchiness and heaviness some outstanding lyrics on here i highly agree with that choice my number 29 next up balance and composure this is another band that neither of us are familiar with this album is a great emo revival pop punk album balance and composure has honestly one of the best vocalists ever the sadness and anger can convey he can convey is outstanding Whew. Have they been around for a while, or are they fairly I new? I think they're fairly new. They're emo revival. That's a newer genre. That's true. So I'm sure that's something... But I, I did tell him that we were going to go check this stuff out. Yes. I so will finally, check out- I'm going to assume this is number 11, but brand new with their latest album from 2009, <laughs> Daisy. Wow. Now, new Mike and I share a love for brand new. But I was guessing... Um, but I was guessing that I like Daisy 
more than him. That's very true. Uh, this album, while not my favorite brand new album, in parentheses, I think <laughs> yes. me and Mike share a favorite, but it's still one of the best albums ever. The aggression and vitriol throughout this al- throughout this record are so close to my heart. I knew this album had to be on my list. That is true. That, wow. that is an angry record, uh, Daisy. Again, I didn't even think about going back to listening to it when I made my list, which was probably a bad thing in hindsight, but I knew it wasn't like a, you know, 11 out of 12 or mm-hmm. you know whatever. So I should probably listen to it again just to get a feel for it. Yes. I feel like it's been since 2009 since I listened to it, even though I started listening to that band in 2012. Mm-hmm. So uh, Daniel goes on to say, I'll share my top 10 next week. Can't nice. wait to hear yours. Well, we can't wait to hear it either, Daniel. Yeah, on so our way. We are basically going to do that 10 weeks from now when we get our number one. Yay! <laughs> uh, so, so my number 10 album. <laughs> the next 30 minutes will be discussed. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to listen to the whole album. <laughs> track. Track by, by track. track. <laughs> All right, man. So we wanted to make some guesses before yes. we go into our number 10. Right? Since I realized, judging by the past seven weeks now that I've listened to Mike talk about his albums, I figured I could guess... Seven of his top ten. Go for it. Granted, in what order it was, I, I, I had to figure that out. So should we do so like what I just, first person to get? I'd say we three wait until correct? we wait until after we do our ten, okay. and then we go back and say what my top ten is for you and what yours was for me, and then we compare. Who well, was. I can't do a top ten because I didn't make a top ten for you, but I can say that I can safely guess what five of them will be on your top ten. Okay. Well, then apparently I'm the only one that will do that. Then. Okay. But we should save it for the, for the end. Okay. And then we'll ju- you just tell me how many you were right about, and I'll tell you how many I was right about. Okay. No problem then. So <laughs> let's go ahead and start. Shall we? Okay. Am I going first this time? Do you want me to go first? Do you want... It seemed to work well last week. I have... Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay <laughs> The tissues with... are right over there. Yeah. The tissues are right here. We do have tissues in the studio today. <laughs> There's always tissues next to a computer. <laughs> but, and that's uh, because you cry in front of a computer. I, I you do. don't do anything else in front of a computer. No. Sometimes, you know, you have to blow your nose maybe. Right. There's always a tissue box. Mm-hmm. Next that's to the, the only reason for tissues. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't mind going first if... if, if okay. I'm, I'm sure we both have very emotional number ones. I'll so do... it's not going to... Actually, you know what? Let's just both if, go together. What if our number ones were the same? Oh, I, my God. I mean, we'll figure it out. No. I, it can't be. It can't they're they're going to be different. No, I, I think I'm going to narrow down your number one to three albums. Okay. That's the, that's the best I could do. Can you write it down now? Yeah. So that you can say like what? So if, while you're doing your number 10, I'll write, I'll write, okay. I'll write your list down. Okay. So Got it. You want me to go first? Sure. Okay. So my number Gay semantics 10. aside. Gay semantics. <laughs> uh, my number... 10 best album of all time. Of all time. This is an album that there go the dogs. I actually didn't even enjoy. Ooh. On first listen or the first few listens. Interesting. But it took some coaxing, it took some convincing, and it took my best friend Adam Saint Anger. Saint Anger. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you guys are really wrong about that record, all right? It's a part fucking of me, masterpiece. Part of me wanted to troll you at, at the end and like start <laughs> with the St. Anger song and be like, this is the greatest. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but, uh, you know, my best friend Adam convinced me hmm. of this album's masterpiece, of its mastery. mastery. And, I gave it a, and I gave it a listen, and with a different set of ears, I agreed with him, and it shot. Un- I didn't know it at the time, but it shot all the way up. To number ten, wow. this is the best album. Whoa! Of all time. This is 2006's See, 
December Underground. One word by yes. AFI. Yes. All I can say is yes. This is the best <laughs> album. And I didn't even think AFI. I didn't even think I was gonna like it when I listened to it. And then Mike was nice enough to let me borrow it. Right. And I was just like, why does Mike not like this album? It's <laughs> incredible from back to front. So let's see. For me, it was number 27. Yes. It's a little bit further down on my list, but still perfect. It's so good. I before I was born. This is the perfect balance of... of they, they went a little bit more mainstream than um, Sing Sorrow from 2003. Yes. But that did not take away the power of these songs that did not take away the impact that did not the production value here is, is this is miles above where Sing the Sorrow, <laughs> Sing the Sorrow. Yes, it this is. is where Sing the Sorrow should be production wise yes um, there's a lot more electronic influences in this uh, in this record than their prior work and I feel like that was to this album's uh, benefit very cool so uh, I, I know I, I've asked you this before but when was it around 2008 when you started to give this album more of a chance? It was around the time that you fell in love with it, and you and you told me like, "No, you're wrong. <laughs> this is a great album." <laughs> like this song, uh, what the fuck's the name of the song? It's in the blood. It's in the blood. Yeah, this song was always my favorite. Love like I, winter. Yeah, love like winter. I heard it on the radio back in 2006, and I said, "Oh, that AFI band that I listened to once, <laughs> they're back." And this seems to be an interesting with their direction. second album. <laughs> with their second album, <laughs> and I still was just like, and I, I would hear the song, and I always knew that I liked it. Miss Murder, I knew I liked that song. Miss Murder is a great single. As well. um, I think that was probably the only two songs I knew from this album before the before I listened to it. Um, I saw them perform on SNL, and then later that that week. Uh, it, word got around the state hospital like oh hey the lead singer of AFI is here <laughs> no <laughs> like no he was on SNL last week I'm pretty sure <laughs> he's okay <laughs> the other guy is not the lead singer looks like him yes but <laughs> it was not him <laughs> so I'm sure uh, remember that... re- remember right. the close of this album oh yes and how you that was the icing that sealed its death to you in 2006 Lee. And I said, Mike, you only hate this album because of one word at the very end of this album. I know that's true. <laughs> well, I've come around to that. It is still a weird outro, I admit. It is, it is it a is. very weird outro. Great song. Great song. Weird, weird outro. to end a song. Uh, but, you know, I'll, but that aside, that whole song is great. She, you know, uh, she, endlessly she said is the, is yes. the end of this, is the, is the last song. Still a great song. Whew, man, what a great closing. Yeah, even if Perfect. they... If, if there is an alternate version of this album where it doesn't have Lee at the side, if it just thought, ended on Endless? Endless, yeah. Oh, that would have been perfect. And they probably debated it for two weeks. Should Did I say Lee? Lee? I think, like, well, we got time in the studio. Let's figure it out. Let's try it. With we the, have literally two seconds left of studio time. We got to do it. Lee. Lee. So I thought you had already talked about this album. Nope. Weeks prior. So it did not make it onto my okay. list. So. At least one of my albums is wrong. Okay. I already know that. All right. Good. <laughs> so, all right. Now you scurry away. No, actually, I'm make... going to uh, uh, be amongst myself to write stuff on a notepad. Okay. And I will not look at the screen, I promise. At the screen. So my number 10 album is definitely one of mine and Mike's favorite albums. Favorite albums from this band. I have a feeling that it would be Mike's favorite album from this band. Whether it is my favorite album from this band is yet to be determined. Um, Again, you can't see. I, I can't see beyond where I'm going from. <laughs> but um, so there was a time um, 
that I just mentioned when I was listening to conversation piece in Joliet, Illinois in 2014. And I was also listening to this album at the same time. Oh my God. Adam. And I can remember walking through Joliet, Illinois, taking my breaks from my child, which were needed. I can remember texting Mike about like, Hey, when are we going to review this album on the podcast? Because my quote was, I can't stop masturbating. <laughs> my dick is so raw. Adam, so, what is this album? This would happen people. to be the upside down heart that is Get Hurt. The butt. By the Gaslight Anthem. My second mention of the Gaslight Anthem on, on the... Uh, Only the second. The, the second time, you know? <laughs> Not the second Brian Fallon. Third time with Brian Fallon. Right, yeah. Um, but this song, Selected Poems, let's just hear it drop right now. Boom. How could I go wrong? I this is not the best no. Gaslight Anthem album. I will just throw that out there. Not the best. But there's there's some weaker songs that are still pretty good. All the all the songs are very good. Some songs like this uh-huh. are the best that carry the not so great songs into that a, threshold. When we talked about this back in 2014, in our end of a year list. Like, you had a very personal connection to the song Selected Poems. I really did. And I think it's just because it kind of sounds like a Cat Stevens song that my parents used to play all the time when I was a small child. And for some reason, when I listen to the Gaslight Anthem, it makes me think about listening to music as a small child. It takes me to a whole different frame of mind (laughs) in my entire life that comes full circle and gives me purpose and being, or purpose to my being. Uh And let's just hear it one more time. And it's beautiful. It's perfect. It's not the best, but it is. De- no matter what, it's still my number ten. Yes, I'm very strong with Semantics. every album. With every album after this, I know that this is my number ten. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend people listen to the standard edition or the extended edition? I do like the bonus tracks. They're all good bonus tracks. But I don't recommend listening to this album first if you're yes. going into Gaslight Anthem. Either start with handwritten or start from the beginning with Sink or Swim. Uh-huh. But um, I think you need to know this band and its history to get this album. You appreciate it a lot more that way. Yes. Yes. Because I, I, I can't. I personally could think that you can listen to Stand Alone and still be a good, um, you know, Heartland punk mm-hmm. album that you can just enjoy. But to get the most out of it, yes, I think you gotta listen to the albums. Uh, before it and the entire song has passed yeah, it sure has and and you forget like when you go back like oh yeah I guess Gaslight Anthem did change mm. over the years granted they still kept everything that was great into 2014 and hopefully beyond I mean since this year Brian Fallon's second and third solo album will come out before the end of the year for sure for sure 10 points to Adam <laughs> yes um, <laughs> so that means Gaslight won't be until 18 or 19 true God, I hope so. It's going to happen. Don't <laughs> worry. We'll be fine. His Facebook has gone so dead since oh. like December. You know why? Because he's writing a double album. That's what I was saying. <laughs> but, you know, when he started writing Painkillers, he at least posted, hey, guys, I'm writing a solo album. I'm going to be in here for a while. Two days later, my solo <laughs> album's done. <laughs> anyway, Get Hurt, my number 10 best album so good. of all time. So good. Mike's number nine. My number nine. This is not my favorite favorite album from this band my okay. favorite al- i talked about my favorite album from this band um back in number 35 Whoa. but 
But it's their this best. This is their best. Okay. By far, it's their best. You can tell it's their best because they mostly only played these songs live. <laughs> and I saw them yes. three times live last year. Last year? Yeah. Yes, I know of this band. Uh, so I'm going to play the opening track to this album because I feel like this opening track perfectly encapsulates Still Searching by Senseless Fail. I saw this band three times last year, too. You were there, too? <laughs> I was. When did we meet up? Uh, there, there was a Carl's Jr. Uh-huh. on Harbor Boulevard in Santa Ana. Don't tell R- me you that there? you met Buddy Nielsen. Well, I saw him. What? <laughs> he just ignored me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, this is uh. Census Fails at the height of their powers, and this is Buddy Nielsen at his most broken. <laughs> uh, and I don't Sorry. mean... I, I don't know don't, that makes me laugh. But, but I don't right. mean that like it's, in a cynical way. It's because yeah. he's doing better now. But, he's, but he's doing much better. Yes, right. this is him at his lowest in his, in his personal life. And, yes. Uh, but a lot of great art comes from darkness. A lot of great art comes from people struggling and people recognizing the, the darkness and their inner demons. Um, and Still Searching is an album where Buddy Nielsen struggles with his addiction problems, his lack of faith, his 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 emotional issues. His physical issues, his sexuality issues, and you know we didn't learn a lot about the sexuality issues until you know, years later. His problems with his therapist, his therapist, no. his parents. It's all the therapist's fault. It's everyone's fault but me. It's a, it's a great <laughs> denial album too. True. Where you're kind of openly acknowledging that you're denying every, and you're kind of putting the blame on everybody mm-hmm. else, but it's but still calling yourself a piece of shit because of it. It's well, yeah. Such a dark album and. It's and it's and it's engulfed in this musicianship that's so catchy and it's so it's so infectious and these songs stay with you long after you listen to it. Uh, so man. this was my number sixty-four album, number 64. way back when. And I think I mentioned I was pretty sure this would be in your top ten. And you were right. But I I don't remember if I said it would be your top five. Mm. But I think you. I don't recall. I think you said you were confident it was, but you said it's at least in my top ten. Yes. So you got it one right. I got that one right, and I was right about get hurt. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> if I hadn't mentioned get hurt yet, and it didn't end up in my top ten <laughs> problems, that's Adam's number one hundred and one. <laughs> one hundred and one. You know, it's 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 like up there with Bone Palace Ballet. You know, it's, it's similar. Right. It's, it's there similar. Somewhere. So my number... It's over there with Andy Black's... <laughs> well, it's interesting because Let It Unfold You was your number 11 album. Yes. And I always... I feel Still Searching is like miles ahead of that it album. It really is. But, but, still, but Let It Unfold You is Senses Fail's most important album to me. Important album. Because it, 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 it showed me that there was this comfortable darkness that you know lead singers can, can do. And it was very relatable in a lot of sense. Okay. And... and and they just doubled down with it with their best album set, still searching a couple years later. Right. So and uh, it was a it was a weird kind of balance for me to to you know place all these census fail albums, especially my my favorite one is number thirty five. Yeah. You know, so it's a it's a it's a weird it was a weird fight that I had to have that, that I had to have with myself. Because the follow your bliss EP these. was somewhere in your twenties. Right? It was yeah higher up than that because yes. I it's just better than Renaissance. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is. It, it just is. Yeah, but Renaissance is still my favorite because of the messaging, because of the cool new direction that they went in. Like this is like right. where I want Senses Fail to go in the future. But uh, I'm I'm hopeful for the next album. Mm. Let's just put it that way. Yes. 
It'll be your number three worst album this time. Moving on up. <laughs> but you said it was going to be my in my top five. Top five, yes. So we will wait and find out about that. It has to be a full length, though. <clears throat> That's right. The In Your Absence EP was a good start, in my opinion. So my number nine album needs very little introduction because Mike will, will pretty much understand. Cause I think most of these albums you'll understand, which is why I feel like we know each other so well oh. that we can guess what our top ten albums are yep. very closely. But this particular album was probably, let's see, I first started listening to this band around 2012 um, because we had heard of them and I was just like, oh, I should check that band out. Mike said he didn't like it, but they seem like they have a good a good vibe going. Yeah. And so, and, and then I listened to the first album and I remember thinking like, oh, okay, that was, that was good. That was a little introduction. Um, the second album where finally I recognized a song. Mm. I had seen a video for this on my on-demand music videos Ooh, on DirecTV. I, I used to get that for Time Warner Cable, or I, as I used to call them, oh, Satan's time. Asshole. <laughs> yes. In, my, in hindsight, mine was Time Warner yeah. as well. But I remember watching this video and thinking like, oh, that was a pretty good song. Like, I might like this this band. So I took three years off and mm-hmm. waited until 2012 to finally listen to them when yeah. I finally remembered, oh, yeah, there is that band. So, and then in 2017, See, I decided to get a tattoo years. on my arm <laughs> that comes from this particular song that will always destroy you. No matter how much I wanted to play Great Expectations, the opening track, to the 59 sound. The 59 by the, sound. By the Gaslight Anthem. As much as I wanted to play the popular track, yep. Great Expectations is a great opener. This album, I listened to it twice this week to get into the arc. Yes. This is this is the beginning of the destruction mm. <laughs> of, of his abilities to have a relationship. Also, forewarning, we're probably going to talk in really pretentious terms for the rest of this episode, so please don't mind us. This is just how we feel. <laughs> and then you go into 59 Sound, which I assume is about losing a grandparent, mm. which is so damn sad. And then it just song after song after song of like we're together, we're not together. Songs written from her perspective, his perspective, all the way down to this one, which I feel is like a fucking part two to Navisync Blues, which oh, is on yeah, yeah. Sink or Swim album. Yeah. And uh, this is her telling him like, no matter how hard you keep trying, mm-hmm. it's not gonna happen. Right. <laughs> and. Um, he has to finally fucking let it go. Yep. And no retreat, no regrets. No retreat, no regrets. To 2017. 2017. So I have my own personal reasons why the, that line means something to me. Yeah. As I listened to every album, scoured every lyric for the perfect one yep. <laughs> to go with, to go with this to my my sure tattoo. It hurt you so bad to listen to all these Gaslight <laughs> Anthem albums. But I read all the lyrics oh, as yeah. I was listening to them. And, the, and I wrote down several different lyrics uh-huh. that I could have tattooed on my body. But this, this one never left. I assumed this was going to be a lot higher, but I did write down the 59 sound for you. And then this bridge. No one can write a bridge like Brian Fallon. No one can write sad songs like Brian Fallon. I don't know how he does it. He's not like an old man. <laughs> He's a young dude who's been writing. He's a young dude who uses his... Who uses his his, his concerts as stand-up comedy practice. I know. And then he sings the saddest songs known to man. Yeah. And then, inappropriately, everybody's dancing to one of the saddest songs I've ever heard. 
because they feel so good. So, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, this song means something very special to me, very personal to me, and it's all about how she's saying, stop trying, let this shit go, no retreat, no regrets, here it is. Great outro. Yeah, everything's great about this. Mm. Blah blah blah. Enough. So good. <laughs> the fifty-nine sound. Number nine. So you thought it would be course. higher? I thought it was gonna be much higher. Much higher. Number nine, really? So what's better than that? I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. But I know at least two are. I don't the know. third one here is questionable but <laughs> we will see we'll see what happens uh so my number eight best fucking album this is the most recent album actually as of the year 2017 uh spoiler alert a lot of these from 2006 the greatest music, the, <laughs> yes the greatest year for music. didn't you say like six of them are from 2006 One, or something two, like that three four five six yeah six cool and you've only mentioned one so far no i mentioned i mentioned two Oh, sorry. Both yeah. of those? Both of those are 2006. Oh, yeah. December Underground, 2006. Uh, that so is this crazy. is my number eight, which came out in 2015. Oh, wow. Uh, this That's is a follow-up to one of this band's best albums they've ever written. Oh, my goodness. This, this, this band's had a career, but when they released... The previous album. God damn it. it I didn't know changed. if you had... I didn't know if you had talked about this album yet. Oh, I okay. sat here and thought about it for... You probably, Hours. Yeah, if you probably thought like, about it a little God. bit more, you probably would have guessed. Like, I'm not going to go back and listen to the old episodes <laughs> to find out. I don't have that kind of They're time. They're really long. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but uh, yeah, so they've released this follow-up in 2015. I was very trepidatious going into it because like, how could you top the 2013 masterpiece? Masterpiece. And create another But you know what? They got very close and they, very. they released another masterpiece. Uh, this is... <laughs> Um, who is this? Oh, you know this. <laughs> I know who this is. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. I was just tr- playing it out for oh. dramatic effect. Okay. Since we're going to go see them tonight. Oh my God! Get crushed by sweaty teenagers mm-hmm. again. This is That's the Spirit by Bring Me the Horizon. Number eight album of all time. All time, baby. Whoa. It's that powerful. That's why I kept on going back and forth in my head. Would this album have the same weight as the other nine albums on his list? Mm, yeah, it sure does. Or did he talk about it back in the 60s? It's my number my number 98 album. <laughs> That's the spirit. So, oh, dude, I love every single song on this album. And it does. It, and it is a proper follow-up to their 2013 album, Step Eternal. And we're going to see them tonight, and I might cry. But I probably won't. They'll probably just play songs from Simp Eternal and That's a Spirit. I'm expecting a Simp Eternal, That's a Spirit, Circle Jerk. I would be surprised if they played anything from There Is a Hell, There Is a Heaven. I mean, we did hear one, maybe two songs from that album at Warped Tour 2013. We did. It was. They also played that Sleep is for the Week song from Suicide Season. That was one of the middle songs, I believe, in that set. No. I was busy trying to survive. <laughs> Ollie Sykes is writing a love song. Isn't that nice? It's beautiful. It's a little goth, goth kid love song about and as far dragged as, through hell. As far as I know, this album, like, people liked it. 
They didn't say it's too jarring and different, and we hate it now. Well, most people who hate it are just people who liked Suicide Season. They're like, I don't like this band anymore. You're not a metal band. Like, this is you. not what the edge of my seat was made for. <laughs> Wait, is that right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, I mean, if you look at it, don't fucking pay attention to... Like, I don't, I don't want to use the word, I don't, I don't like the word haters, but like the haters who are like, <laughs> like this band's not a metal band. They're betraying their fans. Like, fuck you. Let this band write whatever they want to write. I know. And, it, and it turned out great because they turned up, they, they moved in this arena rock, alternative rock with like metal roots. Uh, and, and it worked out beautifully. It's a great mishmash of, of, of you know, music that only I like or music that only we like and music that, you know, the radio fans might like. I listened to this song, Follow You, at the gym. <laughs> They really, play this at the gym. I'm glad that you played this song and not, you know, just thrown. Or oh, yes. And so, you know, th- that was too in your face. <laughs> right. <laughs> too, uh, we were expecting that one too much. And this this album holds the, uh, holds the, uh, the, the, the distinction of having my 2014 and 2015 best song of the year. Cheater, but whatever. Shut up! <laughs> Drowned came out in 2014 and it was great. Technically. <laughs> Yes, yes oh, I did. I'm so excited for tonight. Uh, maybe next week we'll share uh, how that went. Uh, but we're going to get to see Crazy Horizon, Under Oath, and Beer Tooth. That's right. And Sweaty Teenagers. Sweaty Teenagers, of course. So 2014 Best Songs list went Drown, hap- or Better Homes and Gardens by yes. Taking Back Sunday, and then Get Hurt? No. Drown was my number one song. Right, but, but then Better Homes and Gardens, and then Get Hurt. Or was I think those... Get Hurt was number two. Ah, okay. Yeah, I always <laughs> forget because I, I always just think Get Hurt and Better Homes and Gardens were your one and two songs of that year. Yeah, because they were the only ones I should have counted. <laughs> but I always forget <laughs> that Drown gets to straddle two years. It does, baby. <laughs> I was gonna be so pissed if you picked Drown to be your 2015 best song. <laughs> he okay. warned me not to. <laughs> So I kind of skirted around that. Like, now it's Throne. <laughs> now it's just my number 13 song of the year. <laughs> there we go. Adam, <clears throat> number eight. Why do I even need to look at my list? I've been staring at my top ten list for the past like two months now. you got to <laughs> let it absorb into Just make your... sure I yeah. don't make any mistakes. You make sure the ink hadn't, didn't like run off and turn into your number seven somehow. So even though my list, my top ten list, has albums from years past... I would say that some of those albums are not technically nostalgia because I didn't start listening to them until five or so years ago. Sure. But my number eight album is nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Hardcore all the way. A hundred percent nostalgia. <clears throat> Probably, I would say the most popular album on definitely my top 10 list, but um, not my most popular album overall because it's not, you know, black album numbers or fucking American Idiot numbers. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's not the Black Parade. It's not the Black Parade, which was not on my list. But <laughs> Right. So, Mama, I, assume, I assume that Mike has heard this album, because it is very popular. Sure. And it's an album that I think everybody has heard, especially if you're close to 30. You've uh-huh. heard this album, because it's from a very popular time. Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. And I'm going to play one of the non-singles, because the singles have been overplayed to death, are still great songs in their own right, but nobody ever needs to hear them ever again, Sure, whether it's live or not. Um, 
But by the time you get to the songs that are not singles on this album, you realize how perfect this band was at the time. Mm -hmm. They never captured this dynamic, this spark in the same way on later albums. But it's really a shot your wad on your first album kind of thing because it is so perfect. But this is my favorite song off of 10. That's what it is. By Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam's 10. There you go. How familiar are you with this album? Not very? I did listen to this album. I figured you would have. Yes. You're right. This is like an album that I'm sure everyone has listened to. Yes. Myself included. Especially if you're around 30. That's why I was like on the tip of my tongue like, it's not Alice in Chains. It's Pearl Jam. So when I discovered Pearl Jam, this was an album... That was in my high school days. It would just kind of get passed around. But I didn't really give it a full, like, paying attention to until I went through my grunge years of 2001 to 2005. But this song was always the one where you're like, oh, Pearl Jam is a really good band. (laughs) Funky as fuck. Right. And so this album came out shortly after Temple of the Dog. Now... Three fifths of this band was in Mother Love Bone, which was Andy Wood's band. Uh-huh. And when that when he died, and we got your your Stone Gossard, your Jeff Ament, and your well, maybe it was just those two guys, just the two the two of them. Okay. Then they brought in Eddie Vedder. They brought in a new drummer. They brought in Mike McCready, and created this album. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just perfect. Everything about it. Every time I went back to it, it's always so good. It's it's beautifully produced. And um, yeah, it sounds very clean for an early '90s album. I know. So if you can get over the fact that this band really exploded into bro yeah. USA, <laughs> um, I always loved Jeremy. Even flow. Yeah, even flowing alive, overplayed. Yeah. Jeremy still a great song, yet it's still overplayed. Um, the songs towards the end of the album really make it work. What is Porch the uh, significance Deep. of the album title title? Because the band was originally called Mookie Blaylock hmm. when they first formed and they opened for Alice in Chains in 1990. Um, and Mookie Blaylock was a professional basketball player and his number was 10. Oh, interesting. That's kind of a nice little throwback. A little Very bit. Cool. And they chose Pearl Jam because they knew they had to have good initials. And PJ. Since, since Eddie Vedder was a hardcore Chicago Bulls fan, he chose Phil Jackson's uh. initials. And then Pearl Jam. I don't know where that came from. But at least that was, that was the story that I've heard. Well, at least the name is good. <laughs> at least it's not peanut butter jelly. I know. I know. And we forget, Phil Jackson was also the coach of the Bulls yeah, in, exactly. in the 90s. He's, he, he makes champions. He makes champions. Very good choice. So man. I encourage everybody who hasn't listened to that album, it, it definitely influenced everybody that came after that, mm-hmm. it was the beginning of the grunge days. Oh yeah, I mean that's everybody wanted to be Pearl Jam. Everybody wanted to be Alice in Chains. Everybody Some bands wanted. achieved it. Some Creed, <laughs> they did a great job riding that that wave. Like if Pearl Jam <laughs> went to church, you got Creed. And you get your Nickelbacks. And, you know everybody who's copied that sound. Yep. So anyway, I probably would have made fun of that band if I was this age mm-hmm. in 1991. <laughs> I would have been like, look at those queers. but but I'm going to listen to my Simon and Garfunkel now. There you go. Led Zeppelin for life. <laughs> anyway, number eight album. Pink Floyd. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's a good choice. Good choice. Uh, my number seven, um, I'd have to admit, is not this band's best album. Mm. By God, is it my favorite? Uh, this is, I feel like 
the band at when they released this album was at the height of their popularity, and they were even being shopped around for um, for uh, major labels. Capitol Records was, was interested mm. in them before the lead singer went to fuck off and do his own thing and then become a multimillionaire. Yes, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. I will stand by this album. By God, it's got a darkness to it. It's got an infectious. It's got an infectious rhythm to it through all eleven of your songs. It's, even it's, the one you don't like. Even the that one I told you I liked. And you're like, oh, you that's like. my that's my least favorite song. It Adam. is my least favorite song on that <laughs> album. But you know what? It's a goddamn A minus and a C of A pluses. There you go. But I'm gonna play track eight, which is my favorite tra- uh, favorite song on this on this album. This is Heroin, H E R I O N E, by from first to last. That means a girl hero. That is yes. the last so far album with Sonny Moore aka Skrillex on lead vocals this is Sonny Moore at the height of his powers this is Screamo Masterpiece this is an album that incorporates a lot of really really good goth rock with some mainstream alternative with some pop rock as well at the you know in, in sprinkling in with like some of the singles like the latest plague is super like aggressive pop rock in my opinion uh the levy here is what I feel like an, incorp- an encapsulation of all the things that makes from first to last great. They, they have like, you know, each each I think each member brings a very particular piece of the puzzle to this band. My favorite drummer of all time. I'm sorry, Adam. That's right. Sorry, no, Adam. I, I I get it. <laughs> He's actually made, you know, himself known. Derek Bloom, uh, who is now back in the band, yes. uh, with that weird make war song. Uh, and that West Borland skank West Borland on bass <laughs> on bass West Borland of Lincoln of Limp Biscuit fame interesting played bass on this and went and went on tour with them this is from 2006 right 2006 so yes. this was post very Limp early Biscuit. 2007 I think it came out around April or May mm, uh, okay. I remember being at a Best Buy popping the CD out the the under the underside of the CD was all black. I, I thought that was a very interesting packaging too. Hmm, interesting. Uh, and the you know the album art's very minimalistic. You know the uh, the liner notes too are like really artsy fartsy photos of each band member with the heroin. Uh, that you know, they, they actually got a model to be the heroin. Oh, so they all <laughs> in different that situations where the heroin is like doing something shady with them. Like I'm not describing it very well, but like it's really cool. Liner notes like this. This is like a really artistic, but still fun record. Um, I, I know some people like hear screamo and just be like, "Oh, that, that little girl garbage." But you know what? God damn it, it's really good, and I really wish people it's, would give it a chance. And you know, you got that Matt Good on guitar. Matt Good, one of the best guitarists out today. Not a lot of background vocals in this album by him. Yes, there is right. one song called uh, uh, "Waves Goodbye." It's dual vocals uh, with Sonny Moore and uh, Matt Good, but Sonny Moore took almost 100% of the reins, and he even he even came in and wrote a lot of the lyrics as well. Uh, one of the songs um, called "Afterbirth" is about how, is about his personal uh, struggles with being adopted. Uh, right, that's one where he starts losing me. Yeah, that one gets way a little too in the emo realm. <laughs> well, I was a man in a house with mirrors. <laughs> Everybody wearing masking masks. Whatever. That's not the song, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, still, I did re-listen to this one okay. after taking a long break from it. Eight out of eleven. Okay, cool. Not too bad. Very good. But Very there's good. certain songs that just kind of 
too emo for you? Let's go a little too emo at times. Okay, so I should forewarn some people that it might get a little too emo for you, but give it in a that, chance. In that way that uh, life is not a waiting room. Okay. Senses fail can get yeah, a little I'm, too in your face with the self-mutilation and sticking your fingers down your throat. But this is thing. stuff that like Sonny Moore has uh, like personally gone through. He suffered through bulimia. He suffered through self uh, self-loathing issues. And but there's a way to be more creative than saying. I can't not stick my hands down my throat. Right. Come up with some other way to, to get it across. I get it. I get it. But it's raw and it's in your face and it's meant to be. I think it's meant to make you uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable when I first listened to it too. But that's what adds to the artistry to it. Not everything's well, supposed shit. to make you walk away and be happy, Adam. It's not supposed to make me happy, but do it in a different way. <laughs> okay. Talk about worms with fingernails. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Something so Adam's like that. going to re-release uh, Heroin <laughs> with <laughs> yes. better lyrics coming up next year. Just real quick, make sure I'm on the right album here. Okay. <clears throat> Number seven. A little band needs no introduction. A little band. A little band. A little band. A little band. So, you know, a band that, that we, we all... Royal Blood. It only has two <laughs> members. That's a little band. That's true. This band, I guess, is a little bigger than that. The White Stripes. Or The Black Stripes. Wait, isn't that a band? Is it? I don't know. I don't remember either. <laughs> never heard of The Black Stripes. The Black and White Keys. Ah, The Black, Black Keys. Keys. There yeah. you go. Okay. Um, so this band, of course, this album comes out of their album previous to it, where you're thinking like, okay, that album was really, 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 really good. How can it get better? Okay. But then the band says, hey, guess what? Take a little bit of a shift in our sound. Mm. Maybe not sound a little bit as much as we did before. Maybe not, not sound so much like a 59 sound. Maybe not sound like that. Maybe not sound like they're going to sound many years later. Ooh. But what can I say about American slang? American slang. This is Adam's the first third Brian Fallon album. <laughs> Fourth. And no, number 10? Oh, top uh, 10? in my top 10. Yeah. Sorry, yes. I thought you meant overall. No, no, just for today. This album starts off like, hey, those are some pretty good songs there, the first five tracks. You're like, it's not, it's, it's, it's good. Yes. It's good. It's very good. And then track six hits, Orphans. and you're like, oh, wow. And then track seven hits. Boxer. Oh, crap. Track eight. Old Haunts. Oh. <laughs> That's a good fucking song. And then track nine. The spirit of jazz is what you're listening to right now. Ooh, the greatest, I feel, song in Gaslight Anthem history. Wow. Listen to this chorus. It's so simple. It's so fast. It's so poignant. The wife of my youth, not me, so could love you like my rotten bones do. So I will lay on the edges in between this New York streets. You and I would meet. So after you listen Trail to off of that guitar, baby, trail it away. Ugh. After the previous three songs emotionally destroying you, <laughs> yes. then you go into this one where he's like reminiscing about the loss of the first wife. Yeah. Mike can understand a little bit. Oh. I can put myself in that. I can put myself in that mindset. Well, you saw me go through it. So. I did, but I could also put myself in the mindset even before that. There we go. <laughs> when you were still married. Yeah. Um. There's just the, the imagery, the, the New York streets where you and I would meet. I can be like, hey, I've been to New York. I've been on New York streets. I know yeah. what that feels like. <laughs> Granted, probably not the same New York streets nope. as one Brian Fallon. But I can remember at least that vibe. 
Uh, he's one of the best gaslight anthem choruses uh, <laughs> And then let, let's have another beautiful Brian Fallon bridge. This is like him falling apart, being alone, remembering all that. And wrapped around. Fucking A. And wrapped in a very catchy, upbeat song. Uh huh. Why do you confuse my emotions, Brian? And then you go into the last two songs of this album that will overall destroy you as well. (laughs) And I'm just, I can just sit there and be like, thank you for creating this second half of this album to like emotionally destroy me because I just need something like that in my life sometimes you do sometimes it's okay to feel hurt it's okay to feel sadness and some of the best way to do it is through art and you know um, American Slang is a, a, a great piece of art in order to share your sadness with somebody else who seems to have felt it a lot and wants to share it with the world my number seven album of all time so good I've gone back and forth on which Gaslight Anthem albums are my are the best slash my favorite? Mm-hmm. I feel like the order that I put these in are correct. It goes from the best and my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's all the, the correct order. <laughs> all right, man. So, what is what what else is there to say about Brian Fallon? I've heard stories, but you know what? We're gonna talk a little bit more about Brian Fallon. Yes, How about that. Honeybee. Oh, Wait, that's not, not it. <laughs> this is the masterpiece album from 2014. Yes. This is the title track off of Get Hurt. My favorite, personal favorite, guess I Yes. Album. You talked about handwritten years ago on a previous <laughs> you yelled list. At me briefly. I was scared. I felt bad. <laughs> this album, like I said, I don't feel like it's their best. Mm. And there are elements of me that think Sink or Swim might be better at times. Sure. <laughs> but it's still damn good. It is. It's if, it's, good. if it, This one you like have to be in the... in the, You have to be ready for it. Where I feel like American slang at all, you don't have to be ready for it, but it will still destroy you. This one... You have to be in the right mindset yeah. in order to get hurt. Yes. <laughs> I got really, really, really hurt. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. This, I feel like, is one of the best Gaslight Anthem songs ever made. If we uh, had to and do... it's just semantics at this point. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. We're not going to argue about it. I know. This. <laughs> if we take, what is it, 60 Gaslight Anthem songs yep. and try to rank which one's the best to the worst. <laughs> one of us will die. <laughs> if not emotionally, it's through murder. I think it would be more heartbreak <laughs> yeah. than anything. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, we talked about this album a lot in the last few years, but... You know, Adam has his favorite, which I'm sure we're going to talk, talk about very, very soon. This is already mine. Uh, they are they are one of my favorite current bands nowadays. Can't wait for what, what comes next. Whatever can't wait for that trip. double album coming out this year. I, I really hope it happens. Coming out, can't wait for that Gaslight Anthem album coming out probably the next year, I'm sure. We can only hope. Just please, don't die. No. <laughs> That's all I can say when I listen to all this shit. Don't ride a bike, ever. <laughs> 
Don't go walking in public places. No airplanes. No airplanes. No. Well, that's the safest way to travel. Skydiving. Right? <laughs> uh, none of that. Stay in your room and write songs. You prick. Live in a bubble. Yes. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal, Bubble Boy. Bubble Boy. So, other favorite tracks on this album for you? I've already talked about selected poems. Oh, there's 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 a lot. Hold on, let me pull the track list in here. Stay Vicious is a great opening track. It's one of the most aggressive songs. Stay Vicious. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, selected poems, I can't argue with that. Break Your Break Heart. Break Your Heart. Is my favorite song on this album. I didn't want to play it because I don't think it's a good representation on this album. Right. Um, my wife actually clicked like when you posted that song on Facebook. Oh. Which makes me think she listened to it and liked it. Or I think she's just trying to be supportive. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, Red red Violins. Rolling and Tumbling's another fun song. Like what, The one right after Red Violins. Selected Poems. Or after that one. Uh, ain't, that, ain't That a Shame. Yes. Ain't That a Shame is great. Yeah. I mean, there's there's not a bad song on this one. And The Closer. Yeah. Dark not, Places. Dark Places. Oh, my God. Oh, so good. I mean, I, I can't... I mean, if you if you were to tell me, like, any of these songs were your favorite, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's fine. <laughs> you're, sure, you're sure you're sure are. Yeah, exactly. You sure are. <laughs> oh. Maybe you're not the same. Because sometimes people change in a relationship. Sometimes, sometimes you know, you go into a relationship one way, and you come out completely different people. The other way. Mm. So, yes. Mm. You could see the change when you go back and listen to Sink or Swim. Yeah. And where Get Hurt is. Mm-hmm. And everything in between. is <laughs> such a perfect transition amongst those five albums. So, But where, anyway. So, so far, where are you in your guessing so far? Um, I think you've I've gotten two right. I think I've only, you've only mentioned one. Oh, really? So far. Yeah, because I was way off on a couple other ones. Okay, cool. I can't wait I, to I didn't, hear full I, list then. Yeah, I won't tell you which ones I had and which right. ones I didn't. Of course. But can't yeah. wait to hear them later. So far, it's, it's pretty well, for bad. For now, give me your number six. <laughs> My number six. A little band that Mike knows well. Mm. A little band that I am, without a doubt, sure we will be hearing very soon. Mm. I can... I have no idea what it is, but I feel it now. Whoa. Good vibes. Good vibes. Um, or sad vibes. I don't know. We'll a little out. band that took me a while to understand. Granted, there's elements of them that I still am not a super big fan of. Um, issues. Okay. Issues. It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I know I had picked the song I was going to choose here, but I can't fucking remember. I believe in you, Adam. I believe in you. Okay. If we're this far up, you can probably play any I'm song. I'm pretty sure it was track four. But again, where this band was prior to this, I'm less of a fan. Where this band came after this, much less of a fan. But that's okay. So there's a sweet spot, huh? With this, with this album. Mm. The perfect album that is. Oh, yeah! <laughs> so fucking... Good. So, okay, just the musicianship mixed with the awesomeness. And I can remember when you gave me this this band. Yep. And you kept on talking mad props about this album, and I'm like, okay, fine, I'll fucking listen to it. By the time I got to this song, yep. And I'm, I'm glad I chose right. Yeah. This was the one where I was like, oh, Under Oath is a really fucking good band. 
With what album, Adam? Define the motherfucking Great Line. Oh, so good. Masterpiece. Masterpiece. Not just in my opinion. I feel like it is a modern rock masterpiece. I think it holds up with any fucking album out there that you can, you know, you can you put it side by side with anything that you consider a masterpiece. It holds up. But then you compare it to They're Only Chasing Safety. This album is far advanced from that one. Oh, for sure, dude. And I just listened to the following two albums yesterday. Never captured anything like this on those two albums. While I do enjoy their latter two albums, I do agree. There's that magic was missing. There's something about this time and place that defined the great line was just perfect. So this is, again, where I started to realize, like, oh, hey, I can really start to like hardcore-ish music. Yeah. I know this is in the emo realm, but more metalcore, I guess. Yeah. And it was and the album, Their Only Chasing Safety, that made me realize, like, oh, I can enjoy hardcore music, you know, yes. especially when you, when you intersplice it with some melodic elements. Right. I always felt that the melodic elements, they feel just a little too tacked on. You think so? For the purposes of promoting that band into what Main it became. Stream. Yes. Reinventing the Exit is the most generic sounding song that happens to have screaming in it. Mm. It's like I could have heard that on 98.7 oh, if Spencer was singing clean vocals. Oh, my. <laughs> you know? Don't, and, and you just take the distortion out? That, that's, that's fucking adult contemporary mm. Goo Goo Dolls. Hold your tongue. Goo Goo Dolls. Hold your tongue, Adam. I'll tell You're them that tonight. Me. I will tell them that at the show tonight. <laughs> you had your chance two years ago when we met him. I was more about Sleepwave at the time. That's true. Sleepwave was pretty dope. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But everything on this album, tracks one through three, tracks five through... Well, I wouldn't ca- count track five as a, as a it's track. It's a really cool little transition track, I think. This is where the band got really experimental, and I don't think it counts as a song. So that's why I, I don't count it it's as an a song. Art, it's an art piece that's, that happens to be in that. Yeah. But it bleeds perfectly into track six, which is called... Returning Empty-Handed. Yes. So good. Again, just like with like all the albums that we're talking about, if you were to tell me this is my favorite song, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so I did not, I did not think that this album would show up in my top ten. Hmm. I didn't even realize I found it to be a perfect album because I had put this band away back when they broke up until they got back together. What three years later? <laughs> I did not think to add that to the list because I did not. I, I forgot that you hadn't. That you hadn't talked about the story. So, if I if I remembered that you haven't mentioned this, I would have. Added and I did a great job of not foreshadowing hmm. this entire time. You did anything you did a great about job, that? You didn't even mention any. No, you didn't mention any of the road. Well, they're only chasing safety was my number one hundred seven. Yeah, that's right. Something like that. Yeah. So, so yes, I still job. love this album, <laughs> even if I had to put it away for a while. I'm ready for them to make something just as good. Uh, they said they're not going to make anything until they can uh, uh, talk to this. To find the great line, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard because this was a but magical would, piece of music. I put this above American slang. You did, and get hurt. You and did. Fifty nine sound and ten. <laughs> I mean, that's those are that's hard hard and company. And painkillers and painkillers and iris and all that <laughs> because of how it's great the musicianship is. Mm. Granted, you overhyped it for a long time. Well, and kept I kept it in my it brain. Your number six. So I think. I overhyped it for good reason. Yes. Number five. We are now in the top Numero five. Cinco. This, so this, I think, 
it's close, but I think this is the most popular album, um, on, especially on my top 10 list, but even, I'd say, in my top 20. Uh, this is an album who were just like with December Underground. You know, I heard, I heard like the lead single coming off. It was like, I was like, gay. <laughs> uh, yes. But I gave it a chance because I didn't, I felt bad. I was like, I was like, you know, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that about an album. You know, I haven't heard through all the way. Mm-hmm. And then I did. And then this song came on and it became one of my favorite yes. songs of all time. Of all time. This is Helena, this is, right? Huh? Is this Helena? Helena? No, the other one. This is the, the, the ghost of you. Yes. Off of oh. Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge by My Chemical Romance. My number 12 album of all time. Number 12. Your number five. Number five. It's pretty close. Oh, very close. Um, yeah, we both had that initial initial thought yeah. of what the fuck is this band doing? Yeah. Nobody's going to like this shit. <laughs> but it turns out I like this shit. Did you end up listening to it shortly after hearing that song? Or like how? okay? Yeah. Oh, the album? Yeah. Like it you, took me about a year. So you picked it up around 2005? Around the time. Because that was around the time like Helena came out. I was like, oh, uh, I really like that song. That's right. you know, and then they released a single for The Ghost of You. I was like, I really like this song. But like, I kind of don't like I'm Not Okay. Yeah. And then I listened to the full album and like, that sounds great in the context of this record. Yeah, it's, it's totally a fantastic fine. Record. I mean, if they had like put that at the beginning of the album, it would have been shit. Right. It's but perfect. Like, right, it's, it's like, like track, track three or something. It's like track five four, or six. Four, it's right in the yeah. middle. Right. So it's pretty perfect placement. Oh my and, gosh! And then the song, "The Ghost of You," it, 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 when I'm alone and I listen to this, it chokes me up all the time. You I'm pretty know, sure, like, like this track is right after "I'm Not Okay." I think you're right. So that's yeah. why it's again, it bleeds it's in so and out powerful. so well. It's a great, it's 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 a great like opposing track to like the, to how like poppy and catchy "I'm Not Okay" is, and then and then you get "The Ghost of You," and it's like, it's so emotional and powerful and soul crushing. You know, and was this the video where they're carrying the coffin with the girl? No, and that's Helena. Damn it! This is the video. Like it's basically um, Saving Private Ryan. Like they're oh, going to war. Yeah. Uh, like half the song in the video, like they're at like a, a benefit concert or something, and they're performing. Right. And then Mikey Way is like, you know, winking at his girlfriend and be like, oh, "I'll be back, babe." And, and, <laughs> I'm not gonna course, die. I'm, gonna I'm kill not gonna. It. I'll get those Japs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my favorite part of going to war is? Coming back alive. <laughs> Which is what I'm gonna do for you, baby. Fighting so Mikey Way dies, and then of course he does. <laughs> and interesting little trivia note: the song was supposed to end right there, uh, but uh, the uh, producer um, Howard Benson, uh, who wrote, uh, who also helped produce like American Idiot and like, uh, mm. a bunch of other like multi-platinum selling albums, uh, pushed for one final chorus, and this final chorus really makes the song. Oh yeah, it's so powerful. The, the, and just like the final like wailing and screaming from Gerard Way, and it just solidified him as like one of my favorite vocalists and one of my favorite songwriters. And I so and I knew when I saw the video for Helena, and I saw the video for this one, that was also when I knew like, oh, this band is gonna have something for a yes. while. And yes. I was not surprised that they got better. I was not surprised that they got more popular. Absolutely. After yeah. that, but I'm glad that I finally listened to this album in 2000. 11 or 12 right yeah because <laughs> I was just like what the fuck was I thinking <laughs> I'm a 31 year old man I should be enjoying this <laughs> exactly powerful song powerful stuff when I can't oh Power. god no whoop, whoop. oh almost don't want to start the next song almost started my yet. number four my number five album of all time oh god <clears throat> 
Okay, so I got three right so far. Still waiting on those. One for sure. Still waiting on that other one. Yes. So this band, again, part of the music dump of 11. I think I have to put 2010 somewhere in that mix. Okay. Because I think that was when like My Chemical Romance's album Danger Days came out. Right. And Mike was like wallowing in the corner because it was so bad. And I was like, maybe <laughs> Guys, I, should... I don't know what to do. But I don't well, like My Chemical Romance and, anymore. And I think that was around the time where I was like, I should listen to this My Chemical Romance band as well. <laughs> right. Just to see what Mike is so upset about. <laughs> and um, yeah, that, we, we completely understood each other at that point. But I think this band was part of that because, again, Mike had talked about them. I love this band. I love this band. I love this album. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, fine. I need to listen to it so I know what the fuck he's talking about. And I'm very happy to say that this album did not disappoint. Not only is it wonderful, not only I think the scene agrees that it's wonderful, um, but... Soon, oh soon to come on Mike's list has to be. That. You don't know has that. Has to be the epic masterpiece that is like the only album from Brand New that like really comes to mind. Mm. Even though we gushed about Deja last week, right? Um, we've already said our piece about Daisy. I don't know what happened with this album. It was the perfect brilliance of depression and artistry, artistry, and like songwriting whatever the hell was going on in jesse lacy's brain during that time um this is the 2006 masterpiece that is the devil and god are raging inside me so again i put this album away for several years now because the band had not been very active and i decided that it was time to bring bring the album out again and Every single song was so incredibly good. I had forgotten how good every single song was. Yeah, yeah. And probably up until you gave me those those leaked demos that leaked last year. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, like Sewing Season is on here, and, and Jesus Christ, I think, was on there. Yeah, like inferior versions of them. And then I decided I should go back and listen to the real album again, because it's been a long time. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Holy shit, I forgot how great this album was. And then that also prompted me to be like, hey, we should do this top 100 albums thing. Yeah, <laughs> because we should finally do this. Yeah. And so I listened to this album several times in the last couple of months. And this song is always the killer. This oh. is about like dying, going to an afterlife, but the people you leave behind don't know that you're gone. Yeah. Well, like, what the that? fuck? That's, how scary is that? That is frightening beyond belief. <laughs> and I remember understanding that several years ago and being like, this album's making me feel things that I'm not comfortable this with. This is an album, like, as soon as, like, and it's a really long album, too. It's close to an hour. It's, it's, yeah, it's close to an hour, but it doesn't feel that way. And when you walk away from it, you don't feel good at all. It's an album that will take something mm -hmm. from you. One other reason I didn't play Handcuffs. Oh, Handcuffs. <laughs> the closer. Oh, I was just like... <gasps> one of the <gasps> darkest songs I have ever, ever heard. Not ever. in like a satanic kind of devil worshiping no. kind of way. No. Just, just I'm a words. miserable person and I want to make everybody else miserable. I don't care who I hurt. Yep. It doesn't matter. Whoa. I don't, I don't think any... I mean, Brian Fallon could reach a certain level of emotion. Yes. But Jesse Lacey reached a whole different level. Yes. Brian Fallon is sad. <laughs> Jesse Lacey is mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And I yes. mean that in the best possible way, of course. Which is why we've been still waiting eight years later for a new, brand new album. <laughs> yeah, and I can still, li- and we can still listen to this, and we can listen to Daisy too, and Deja and Tendu, and like we're, we're okay with that mm-hmm. because these albums are masterpieces. And nobody dislikes this album, right? No, of course <laughs> not. <laughs> like the alternative press still gushes about this album. Yeah. Fucking eleven years later, like, exactly. hey guys, guess what? The girl from the photo on the front of the album looks like now let's talk about this she's album again. a grandmother <laughs> she's it's been super so long. duper hot now <laughs> don't you feel old huh? yeah she's she's the new little baby from the nirvana album yeah. <laughs> and she's super hot now yes. but anyway um holy shit yeah like I, I i understood why i put this album away for so long too because it is such an emotional train wreck I'm going to stop it here. It's like okay. almost six minutes long. <laughs> Is it that long of a song? It's 5.42. Oh, God. Yeah. It just keeps on going. Oh, it's um, so but good, yeah. dude. Were, were you surprised that this album would end up in my it, top it ten? It was. I, my top I, five, I no less? I sworn that you talked about this already, but you didn't. Nope. So I did not write that down. Again, I neglected foreshadowing. You did. But you, you <laughs> talked about Deja and Tendu, though, right? Yes. What last week. Oh, that's right. That was, was my number week. 90 album. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So a little bit of a jump <laughs> from 90 <laughs> up to 5. The, the wait for new brand new is almost like the real life wait for new brand exactly. new. Exactly. Oh, my God. Mm. And even when I went back and listened to it, like, no, it can't be that good. It can't be like top five quality. But then I listened to it, like, oh, yeah, it's it's top five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's better than Define the Great Line. Mm. Anyway. So this is another fairly recent album. This is my number four. Yes. Needs no introduction. I know this. Of course you know this. Number four. Mike's wearing the shirt I'm right wearing now. Wearing the shirt <laughs> because we're gonna see them live tonight. The only reason I'm not wearing my Bring Me the Horizon. I was about to ask. Tank top. Tank top is because it's gonna be 63 degrees tonight. Okay, that's fair. I'm, I'm an old man. Do you want to fears... go stop by my house and get my other shirt? <laughs> I fear the cold. <laughs> Sempiternal. Well, the, ma- the modern rock masterpiece by Bring Me the Horizon. Near. Yeah, because you great, don't like one song. Great songs. I don't, I, don't like, I don't like one chorus. You like one chorus? Not so, just one song. One chorus. <laughs> and shot it all the way down to what? Like number... Number 76. 76. <laughs> <laughs> number four for me. Number 76 for Adam. Great wow. album nonetheless. Mm. Shadow Moses. I think this was in my top five of songs from 2013. Mm. We never did our top songs of 2013. We did. But this was definitely in there. This is one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. I know. I know. This was the song that that introduced us to this album as the first single. Yeah, I heard this one. Mike was uh, not a fan of this band. Well, I mean, I liked it. I mean, I kind of liked... I liked um, the album before this, There Is A Hell, blah, right. blah, blah, There Is A Heaven. I was yes. like, oh, that's a cool new direction for this band because Suicide Season's like hit or miss for me. And then they released this song. I'm like... Oh, let's see. People are gushing about this song. Let's let's see how good it is. And then I listen <laughs> to it. And I'm like, bait. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that that's a pretty good song. How do I hide this erection at work? <laughs> <laughs> so, and then by the time the, the album came out in April of 2013, and Mike was already just like, "This album is great. This album is fantastic." Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, hook me up, man." And I had to make my process through right. it. By the time I got to it, I was like, well, it's not as good as Suicide Season, but I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. <laughs> now it's much better than Suicide oh, Season. Oh, so good. Man, I, uh, this is an album that 
Like, if you don't like heavy music, I, I invite you to listen to Sepa Turtle, and then let me know what you think after that. Sandpit Turtle. He likes our podcasting. He does. <laughs> so there's nothing like this song prior in their discography? True. Um, and then there's nothing like this after. Who knows? And I expected to hate That's the Spirit. Mm. Turned it out to rank higher on my list than sure this album did. did. Yeah. Great album nonetheless. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's not so much many to great say songs. about it. I feel like the Snake starts to sing. The only thing that like prevents this from being in my top three is that I can see how Anti-Vist is going to be a little jarring to people. I like Anti-Vist. I think it's really fun. I love that song. I love that song so much. I love it too. I love it too. I, I, but I can see how people, some people would listen to it and be like, that's a little douchey. Middle fingers up if you don't give a fuck. If you don't give a frick. That's, that, that's a Bring Me the Horizon show. Yes. <laughs> you know how many middle fingers will be up when they play that tonight? So many, so many middle fingers up. Nobody gives a fuck. And that's what I'm waiting for this band to stop making only live albums. Only with, mosh songs. With gang vocals and whatnot. And yeah. I guess they did that a fair amount on That's the Spirit, but I'm ready for them to have zero. Let's <laughs> see how that sounds. Right. Yeah, their their next album is gonna is is gonna be very like even more so than That's the Spirit. I feel like their next album is gonna be like, more eyes are gonna be on them now. Yep. Hopefully he's staying sober. I don't know if that's gonna happen or not. Who knows? His entire right arm is black he covered up all of his tattoos on his right arm oh why why are people doing this Davey Havoc did the same thing because it's fun to it's fun to get rid of all the beautiful tattoos that you worked years and years to do that you got when you were 17 (laughs) and now you're 30 or Davey Davey Havoc is 42 Buddy Nielsen has a vagina monster on his leg he calls Queefer Sutherland that's right and I'm sure he would love to black it out (laughs) But he's not. And also, people like to sit under a, a tattoo needle for hours and hours. That's true. Because it gets you to not do drugs oh, and not want to kill yourself sometimes. It's like, oh, it hurts really bad. I should overdose on pills. Mm, mm. Painkillers. Mm. By Brian Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, what's your number four? My number four. It's it's tough because Devil and God is so good. It so is it's like, so good. How can things be any better than that? Granted, I stared, again, I stared at my top ten list. For hours and hours and hours and hours. I went back to it. I thought about it. I listened to all these albums numerous times just to make sure everything is where it needs to be. And I still feel that number five is the best. It is the best that brand new can get to. But my number four That's album um, coming out of this band's wonderful journey that was their previous albums into their album that I saw I was watching the Jimmy Fallon show mm. and he said hey guys I'm gonna r- r- the, the musical guest tonight is a little band that Adam and Mike knew from many years ago and Adam's been meaning to listen to I'm not gonna play the song that they played on that Jimmy Fallon show okay. but I am gonna play probably one of my favorite songs from this album again the first three tracks on Handwritten yes. by the Gaslight Anthem they're good. They're like, yeah, these, these songs are all right. And then you have tracks four through fucking 11, right? That's right. <laughs> or 12. Uh-huh. <laughs> that destroy every element of you as a human being. Oh, yes. Um, in, in an emotional way. Not in a, like, I want to murder baby sort of way. Yeah. 
like Jesse Lacey can do. And that's okay. But this album had more of that element than where American Slang was. Yeah. Even though the songs on American Slang are just that fucking good. Yep. Even though the songs on 59 Sound are just that fucking good. This one, of all the Gaslight Anthem albums, will thoroughly destroy me. Mm. <laughs> Everything handwritten. time. Um, what song was it that they played? Was it a handwritten? It was 45. 45? Yes, because that was the first single off of this album. Uh-huh. The most famous one, I guess. And, I, and then I saw that and I was like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to listen to that band for the last four years since yes. we saw them yeah live. we saw them at the whatever that venue was the Palladium Palladium and then I saw the video for Great Bring Expectations <laughs> go home and then I saw the video for, for Great Expectations yeah. and I was like oh that song's pretty cool I forgot about that band for two to three years yeah. until that Jimmy Fallon performance and holy shit handwritten the greatest the greatest Gaslight Anthem album mm. I knew it was either going to be this or 59 Sound was going to be your favorite. The lyrics did not get to the point where I wanted to tattoo them on my skin mm. with this album, but that's okay. It's okay. You have a personal connection with those lyrics from 59 Sound, and that's cool. Probably one of the best choruses. I mean, how do you say that, oh, Brian Fallon's done the best chorus on this song? <laughs> you can't. It just yep. doesn't fucking happen. But of course, this was the album I was listening to on that fun plane ride home from my father's funeral. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Keepsake is a very heartfelt song about not knowing your father, isn't it? <laughs> it sure oh, God. is, Adam. It sure is. This Dallas-Fort Worth airport is beautiful here in this cold, cold November day of oh, sadness. <laughs> so I decided not to play Keepsake, which yeah. I still feel is my the best song of 2012. Mm. But Biloxi Parish falls right in that vein. It was in my top 12. I went to the gym uh, this past Tuesday. And uh, after about 90 minutes of working out, I go back to the locker room. And, you know, I take my, I take my earphones out. And I can hear the gym radio as I'm mm-hmm. taking my bag. Handwritten was playing. Oh God! Handwritten on the music. And, 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 I, and I remember thinking, like, I'm going to hear that later this week. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure going to hear that this week. Sure are, Mike. Sure are. For you, number forty something. Yeah. For me, one of my four. favorite Gaslight Anthem uh, albums for sure. And I completely understand why. It's your best. Doom, yeah, it's doom, your best Gaslight Anthem album. Really hard to place that one anywhere different than American slang yeah but I felt just because it had more songs that destroy you emotionally mm. <laughs> that was the only way I could do it oh this one has eight American <laughs> slang only has six is that how you is that how you rank them <laughs> that was how I had to do it uh-huh. but then you throw in you know the the great crafty musicianship of define the great line uh-huh. the utterly destroying depression of devil and God and you put handwritten slightly ever so slightly above that Ever so, so slightly. So four out of the six albums we've talked about so far have been Brian Fallon albums. Sure has, Mike. All right. Sure has. I should have known. <laughs> I should have just put Told you. Gaslight Anthem discography. He's the only one I can cry in front of. Mm, he understands. I understand that. He wrote these songs for you. It's you really weird. Because right? I'm crying about what he's writing. Right. So I'm crying for him. Yeah. That's really all it is. He's speaking through you. 
and your experiences because he wrote these songs for you. I, I feel you understand it. that, right? I feel like he wrote them for himself, but I understand them better than anyone else. <laughs> no, he wrote them for you. Okay. He sent me a, he sent me an email, uh, the skinny with Mike and Adam at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, he, so he told me, like, hey, man, this is, uh, this is for Adam. Insert joke here because I'm a funny guy. <laughs> I think Jesse Lacey's songs were written for me. Right. But these were written for me to understand ah, the true suffering of a man. That's true. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Top three. Do it. And I'm... F- you know, coming into this, I knew right away, like, oh, these albums were my top three for sure. But where am I going to rank them? How can I rank them? Yes. I listened to them, like, half a dozen times to try to, like, nitpick at them yes. and say, is this one number three? No, it's number two. No, it's number one. No, it's number three. <laughs> no, fuck, it's number two. <laughs> but for sure, this yeah. next album is number three because the other two albums are just that much better. Just that much better. Okay. I, this needs no introduction. Because we just talked about it not too long ago. The masterpiece. Flawless from the first time you hit play to when the final track fades out. This is Define the Great Line. Which was weird that drum intro sounded like a Guns N' Roses song. (laughs) So I was just like, use your illusions too by Guns N' Roses. Really? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, Axl Rose doesn't get as much uh, praise as he should these days. So um, which track is this? I know I, I know this song. That's towards the end of the album, right? It is. It's like yeah. track nine-ish. Okay. Moving for the Sake of Motion. It wasn't yes. a single or anything, but it is my favorite song. Nice. On this song. It, it, I think it uh, perfectly represents Underoath and all they stand for, all that they can, all, all that they're capable of. And, and so this album, I think we've already talked about it a bunch, but musically, it's masterful. Holy shit. And masterful... Like not in a way where like all the instruments sound super clean. Some of these are like not even. Some of these guitars aren't even in tune for most of these songs. Nice. But they make it sound beautiful. It's like kind of banging on a trash can or something, like making that sound like you know world class art. You have beautiful, clean like little guitar solos like that. Right. Inter like interlaced. It's in these like weird, chaotic kind of <laughs> down tuned guitar work that like sounds like if you were to isolate that. It's great on your ears, I'm sure, but you surround it by this great electronics. It's masterful drumming by Aaron Gillespie. The the back and forth, unclean and clean vocals between him and Spencer Chamberlain, and like the bass that just kind of just just flows throughout naturally. And then right in the middle of the album, we have this really cool little Latin interlude that was spoken by Chris Dudley's uh, the keyboardist's brother. And it was a cool little break that we needed after the fucking chaos that was right. the previous five tracks. And then and then and the rest of the album just moves right on along. It's a nice brisk album, too. It's like 35 minutes long. 45. 45? Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> that was one thing I was going to say about all of these albums is that they do, especially these top ten, they transcend time. Yes. Like when you're listening to them, you're not thinking anything about like, oh, this oh, album yeah. is short or long or anything. You're just like... It was perfect. You, 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 like, I got exactly what I needed. Especially with, like for me in the Gaslight Anthem yeah. albums. I'm just like, I don't even need to, to, to like look at my iPod and see like, oh, is it almost over yet? Yes. Yeah, I never even had that thought. One of the things I was really happy, especially when the 10-year anniversary of this album coming out, this album has never had a special edition. It's never had any B-sides. And that's perfectly fine with me. Don't taint. Don't taint. Probably pretty shitty. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who knows? Maybe they're great, but don't taint how perfect this album is. The length of it, the pacing of it, how 
every song complements each other. Like, you know, adding bonus tracks or weird, shitty Nirvana covers or whatever <laughs> would have fucking ruined this album. You can just delete them. That's okay. <laughs> just but the right option click, is out there. Right click, delete. But the option is out there, and that's what, like, hurts sometimes to know <laughs> that they're out there. We don't yes. need them. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that handwritten? We didn't need them. <laughs> you didn't need Sliver. <laughs> Grandma, take me home. No. No, go home, Grandma. It, it wasn't a good Nirvana song. No, it wasn't a good Nirvana song. It's not. A, it doesn't make for a good cover. The Tom Petty one. Eh. Sure, it's a Tom Petty song. You're, you're, not, you're I mean, Brian Tom Fallon Petty. was influenced by Tom Petty. Yeah, you're going to get we a Tom get Petty it. cover. All right, <clears throat> top so, three. My number three album is one that I wanted to read the lyrics. Okay, let's see. Let's see if I can get it. Perhaps I should. I should prop it up here first, because. Oddly enough, I mean, we've talked about this band on our top uh-huh. 100 list. I feel like... Oh, Adam dropped his paper. Oh. Saint Anger, <laughs> Saint... how my name. Saint Anger, what's that line again? <laughs> what? Uh, Saint Anger, round my neck. Round my <laughs> neck. Come on, you know this one. <laughs> I mean, it's your number three best album. Sure. I know. <laughs> so I'll prop this up. And I mean, yes, I've talked about this band. Um, we've talked about this band. But I'm going to read... The lyrics, okay. just for the for the people that we can prove we're not emo, Mike. We are not emo <laughs> because of these lyrics. Okay. <clears throat> Hung in my room, swaying, <laughs> hoping only that you'll see. All by myself, I'm alone in such poor company. The deeper I think, the deeper I seem to sink. I can't stop the insects that are feeding. Oh, is that? Pull the needles from beneath my skin. Oh, the masterpiece, the epic, the beautiful, the glory that is all. (laughs) Black Sails in the Sunset. By AFI. AFI, 1999. The song is The Last Kiss. The Last Kiss. The least emo (laughs) of all emo. I fucking Sweet love this song. In <laughs> Up in your room, swinging. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I remember listening to this and being like, "Oh, he's killing himself in his girlfriend's closet oh. to make a point." <laughs> you get it? That's healthy. Pull the needles from beneath my skin. Now I'm on display. I am becoming hurt myself today. It's all for you. Too so it's something that everyone can enjoy, is what you're trying to say. Cut myself today. <laughs> I oh. fucking love this album, and I've loved it ever since you introduced me to it in 2008. This Punk is AF. Punk AF. Um, from the beginning through the end. Again, transcending space and time. Yeah. While you listen to it. Um, nice brisk album too. I mean, this is back when like AFI was like a, you know, a really heavy chaotic punk band and they're kind of drifting away from it at this point right but still having that punk shut your mouth was was a turning stone for them yeah and then they got more funding for this album (laughs) i was watching a seven minute little thing of the band talking about this album Uh that they recorded recently and they were on nitro records at this time owned by one dexter holland oh that's lead singer of the offspring that's right who said when they gave this album to him he said I don't get it. 
<laughs> and he was not a fan of this hot album hey, at Here's all. an idea. Why don't you start your song with la la <laughs> la la la? That's a brilliant intro. Sure. Um, but by the time you get to this epic song right here, even though it's emo as fuck, uh, you've already been through a lot of ups and downs and just, again, the punk element that I realized, oh, Adam can like melodic punk. Yeah. And you can't understand what he's saying in majority of the lyrics. You have to read them. And you have to read them. You em. cringe a little, but you <laughs> have to read them. And the album ends well. It's a perfect, flawless album all the way through. Wow. It's always, every time I listen to it, I never am disappointed. I would have never guessed, man. I would have never guessed. Never guessed. Black Sales. I've been talking about this album with you for nine years. Yeah, I know. But I would have never <laughs> guessed, like, Black Sales was your favorite. I would have always been like, oh, shit, the one after Art of Drowning? Art of Drowning. Ah. Like, oh, yeah, Art of Drowning is definitely Adam's favorite. Sing the Sorrow. It's definitely Sing the Adam's sorrow. favorite. December, December Underground. Definitely Adam's favorite. Crash Love. <laughs> Probably <cetera>. not. <laughs> and, and the others. And the rest. <laughs> and all your favorites. Good times. Wow, man. Okay, I would have so, never guessed. So I'll just say now, I okay. thought To Find the Great Line would be your number one album. Ooh. So it was close. your number three. Very close. I knew it would be in the top ten, obviously. So do you have a guess of what my number one is? Now? Yeah. It's either Devil and God. Okay. Or St. Anger. <laughs> Ooh. So if we don't talk about St. Anger right here, then it might mean my number one. I know. I know. My number one album. I'm sorry. You've already <laughs> mentioned. Number two. You've mentioned all of the Census Fail albums. Yeah. You've mentioned all. Oh. Forgotten about. Maybe I'll let you introduce okay. it. All right. My number two album is from my favorite band. Yes, I was just about ah, to say it. There we go. <laughs> it's uh, a 2006 masterpiece. This is a song. I mean, this is an album that they went into uh, specifically um, to go in writing around the lead singer's songwriting and his lyrics. And I feel like they were all the better for it. Some of the members of the band have claimed that this is their favorite. Mm. Jeff Rickley. Oh, I just said it. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Rickley of Thursday. Thursday fame. Still jerks off full collapse and says, because and, I think he has to say that for his fans. They'd be like, oh, that's his favorite. But his second favorite <laughs> is A City by the Light Divided. Still? He still feels that this is his second favorite? He still says this is okay. his second favorite. Okay. And number three is No Devolution. Uh, I think as a band, yeah, you're going to always say your favorite is the one that made you famous. Popular, yeah. yeah. But no, this album, I've already said my piece about yes, it many weeks ago. Yes. You're number eight through four. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's 81, right? 81? 81. Yeah. You're number eight through one? Yes. Well, it turns out your eight through one was the Gaslight Anthem. <laughs> uh, no, that was ten, nine, <laughs> seven, and four. <laughs> oh boy, a city by the light divided. I think this album, as a whole, perfectly... Um, describes my music taste. It's melodic, it's heavy, it's sad, it's catchy, it's also happy at some points. And it's and it and it and it leaves you wanting more. It leaves you in a good place. The final song is a, a, a almost seven minute uh, outro song called Autumn Leaves Revisited. One of one of my favorite songs of all time. I'd have best to say closer. One of the best closers. The closer for No Devolution, I feel like, is better 
but this album I feel like is way better than No Devolution. And yes, no, this was the album you threw me right into yep. with Thursday, and I said nay. I believe you until like, I worked my way up. I remember you like were listening to it because you were driving by yourself to the Whiskey and Go Go to one of our shows, and I think like when you got there, you're like, yeah, I listened to uh, City by Light Divided. That last song is really long. I don't like it. <laughs> It just kept going. Yes. But this was back in the days where you put CDs into a CD player in your car. Yes. And you wouldn't know when it's going to end. Right. So it would just keep going sometimes. And you're like, oh, God, it's like over six minutes now. Yeah. So, you know, now that you can look at it and be like, okay, there's only three minutes to go. It's going. This song here, uh, The Love Songwriter, is, I think, my favorite song on this album. And it's a great uh, it's a great showcase of Jeff Freakley's songwriting skills. It's a song about a songwriter. A songwriter who... His power, quote unquote, his powers of songwriting are so powerful. He can bring people, he can bring countries together. He can make people fall in love. He can, he can pretty much do anything with his words. But he himself cannot find that connection because nobody understands him. Nobody can understand his thought process. And even mm-hmm. letters themselves call out to him to give me meaning because his songwriting is just so good. Yes. Kind of pretentious, but. Uh, it's, 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 it's where it's he was at that time. Right. The 26-year-old man that he was. <laughs> so old. <laughs> so old. So weathered. This is before he lost his wedding ring <laughs> down the kitchen sink. Sure did, Mike. Oh, boy. Sure did. Oh, and he so wrote all good. about it on Nova- Devolution. No. <laughs> that was no Devolution. The, what's the band he's in now? Oh, um. No Devotion. Devotion. <laughs> With their album Permanence. Yes. We wrote all about it in there too. But did, still, yes. Broken Man. Broken Man <laughs> makes. Broken Man, easily robbable. <laughs> easily poisonable. <laughs> easily poisoned. There's a lot of broken men on our list here. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I talked about it before when I was talking about Senses Fail, but a lot of great art comes from a dark place and it comes from people who are broken and, like, who just. And this is their therapy, trying to share their heartache and 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 their sadness and their anger with people and it's a, it's a great therapy and it turns out you know that you end up my number two best album of all time right. and i'm sorry that i had that terrible reaction back in 2008 you're forgiven that song is long it it'll never be my number 81 album of all time i'm sorry it's still pretty good it's still pretty, still pretty good, good. It's not Semantics. number two but it's pretty good right oh my god now i'm getting right. kind of nervous <clears> that the so it has to be two and one my, my, my last <laughs> Does two it choices. Now. Yeah. Does it now? See what it is. Does it? See what it is. So, um, my number two album of all time. Granted, let's see. I can do my alphabet right. There it is. All right. <clears throat> so this was um, what do you what do you call it? A, a a little bit of a side project, I guess. Oh. From. Let's just no introduction needed. No introduction needed about the wonderful. <laughs> Life that is Brian Fallon. <laughs> Brian Fallon's life. His other band. Holy shit! The Horrible Crows. Yes. LC. I want to play you guys "Blood Loss." Second to last song. Second to last track. The only one you and I have not heard live, which is sad, because it's probably my other favorite song on this album. <laughs> but oh god, building up the destruction. I mean, I know it's the common theme. He's trying to get over something. He's a sad man. <laughs> but 
he doesn't do it in like a way that feels monotonous, right? No. He, okay. He, he does it from so many different perspectives. Right. And even this song is written from her perspective and his perspective, yeah. or this album. Um, and and this one is again, kind of like. Oh man, I had it yesterday when I listened to this song. Anyway, it's just a great song. It's there, there's some up tempo songs on here that are great, but the softer songs definitely uh, sound great. Countless, I mean, there's only twelve tracks, but there's countless great moments in this album. There's countless great songs. I love the opening track, Last Rites. Of course. Behold, Behold the Hurricane is probably like my top ten best songs of all time. Probably. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that song, which is why. One, I didn't want to play it. Right. Because we've already overplayed it on this podcast, yes. I think. We've danced to it, apparently. <laughs> you can dance to that song, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Lady Killer. Lady Killer! Came like a stone. Got better. So, yeah. If this is like, again, the, des- the desolution. The devolution. The devolution. <laughs> Of the relationship. But then he's like, but I'll tell you when it's over. So there's like this underlying anger. You can't fire me, I quit. Right. And that's what I think I love about this song so much. Like, not only is it a great hook, but it like mixes that sadness and the anger that is the grieving process. This should have been the last track, but, you know, especially after the emotional roller coaster that is all the rest of Elsie. Uh, mm-hmm. Bloodlust should have been the last track, I feel like. But I got I had such a greater respect for the closer. I believe Jesus brought us together. After we saw it live. Yeah. I was just like mesmerized when he was playing that song by himself. It was like and the story to go with it, which didn't really tie in with the song too much, but it was just like that's what was going on when he wrote the song, so it's just like fucking A Why do you do this to me, brain? I just that's the only time like I've just like stared at at somebody singing by themselves just in like I'm having like an emotional out-of-body experience right now. Yeah. One single spotlight on it. Yes. Yeah. The band's left to go fuck yeah. off and do whatever. Yeah. So told this very interesting. Play story. blood loss. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. Talk about alcohol some more. <laughs> uh, so, the final Brian Fallon album to show up on my, my favorite Brian Fallon album. <laughs> yeah. What can I say? I just feel like the songs were written outside of the context of Gaslight Anthem. They stood alone so fucking well that they deserve to be my number two album of all time. Listen to this album if you haven't listened to it already. Mike's number three album? Well, number three of 2011. Oh, right. Yes, yes. yes. But sure, 28 to, you know, it's it's cool. It's good. (laughs) It's so good. I know. (laughs) I know. Oh, number one album from Mike. I know what it is. Adam knows exactly what it I is. I know what it is. And but, I'm excited to you know, hear about why it's your number one album. Originally, like going into this, I was like, well, let me just go ahead and put A City by the Light Divided as my number one. <laughs> yes. And Define the Great Line and as my number two. A, yeah, Define the Great Line as my number two. But then you listen to um, The Devil and God Are Raging Inside of Me. I've heard of that band. I've heard of that album. And you listen to songs like Jesus. And you realize that every single time you listen to this album, every single time this song comes onto your shuffle, yes. you forget 
everything that's around you, mm. and you're only in this album. You're only a part of these songs. This is the most beautiful. This is the saddest. This is the most hateful. Mm. This is the most artistic album I've ever heard in my entire life. No, and I realize no album has ever sounded better than this album. Mm. This, this album has never crushed me more emotionally than this album. And this album's never made me... No album has ever made me think more than this mm. album. So tell me your history with this album. Did you did you get it in 2006? Well, like I said when I was talking about Deja and Tendu last week, you know, I heard you know the quiet things that no one ever knows. Picked up the wrong album. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Eventually picked up the correct album, and I was like, oh wow, what a great band! And, you know, I can't wait to hear what they come out with next. Alternative Press told me in an interview that mm-hmm. they had with Jesse Lacey. It's like, yeah, we're writing some new stuff. Like, we're, we're you know, we're thinking it's pretty good. You know, and you know, we'd like people to check it out. It's a little bit different than. We wrote in Deja and Tendu, but uh, you know, so we won't be able to check it out. So I knew the uh, I knew the release date. I went to Best Buy on a Tuesday, picked it up. Sli- very slim little, it was, it was a little cardboard little sliver of an album. Mm. No liner notes. Mm. Just barely like handwritten um, handwritten um, song titles on the inside of the album. So, like, there's nothing on the outside. It's just the album art. Mm-hmm. And then when you wrap it around the to the back, just the rest of the house. And then the inside is like random Polaroids of Jesse Lacey and his and his life with some with some song titles. Look, I'm sad here. And then you, over here I'm being sad. And then I over here it, I'm really sad. And then I and then I put it into my uh, stereo CD stereo in my old apartment, and, and I heard the opening riff of a uh, sewing season. Right. I was like, oh, this is really different. Ooh. And then yeah. it goes, yeah. And then, that, that wasn't a single, right? Like you hadn't yeah, already heard that song. There was no single. Oh, no okay. singles off. Wow. I mean, no videos, I guess. But I mean, okay. like they, they promoted Jesus as a single. Ah, okay. uh, that's it. Okay. The, the, so, the but sewing league, season probably like yeah kicked your ass the, right, but, yeah, <laughs> right there. As soon as that yeah came on, uh-huh. I was like, whoa, whoa, what is this? And then, I, I'm sorry, let me put up the track listing. Uh, and then this, and then track two, which is milestone, right. An emotionally crushing fucking song. A little bit. And then Jesus, and I'm already dead. I've died. I died. There's when... so much more to go. And this is a long album, too. I know. This is like in the 50, 50 minutes, yeah. almost an hour. But holy shit. I've already said before, especially when Adam talked about it earlier, when you leave this album, you don't feel good at all. Nope. And that's not a slight on this album. This like, album. Bring back my Brian Fallon stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be uplifted. I know, I need to be uplifted with some Brian Fallon sad songs. <laughs> and it's and some of the sca- and some of the scary parts about this album is that sometimes you realize you relate to some of it. A little bit scary. And that's my number one that's why of all time. That would make sense. Wow. I wasn't sure it was gonna be your number one, because again I thought Define the Great Line would be your number one. Oh yeah. But, I could okay. not. I could not do it. The, I mean, to find a great line is great. City by Light to Light is great. Yes. Seth Eternal, great. This is transformative. transformative. You are not the same person after you listen to this album. I promise you that. It is do it. the best album I've ever heard in my entire life. Got to know it. Hopefully, and the band. I'm going to stop the song here at the false ending. Ooh. Oh, that's right. right There's here. kind of a.
jump back into it. Right. So that's it, man. My number one. I, I just it. shared. This was the best one hundred of my best albums. Now it's time to reveal Adam. Mine. So as you can maybe see, maybe play this one more album. I don't know. What, now, if it's not this, I have no idea what it is. Hmm, okay, no idea. I'm interested to find out what it might be. So, yeah, let's see. Crushingly depressing. Crushingly depressing. Crushingly depressing. Really up tempo. Get in your face. <laughs> crushingly depressing. Crushingly depressing. In your face. Crushingly depressing, all the way up to my number one. Ooh. A mixture of all the emotions, mm. right? I would say, define the great line, probably the angriest of all the albums. I'm sure it is. AFI, probably. The most fun. I mean, yeah, it's like the most fun, but also very sad in, sure. in and of itself, being that it is hanging in, my, in your closet <laughs> right. by my neck, dead and alone. So... It was very, very difficult. But I mean, to kill myself out. figuratively, you know? <laughs> Especially when it comes down to Elsie versus this particular album. They're at different ends of the spectrum. Very different yeah, ends of the spectrum. If you had told me that Elsie was in your top five, I would have been like, oh, number one for sure. Uh, but it's not your number one. No. So I ended up going with something not crushingly depressing mm. as my number one album of all time. Very, very stark contrast to my number one. <laughs> A little bit. I mean, as you can see, there's plenty of crushingly depressing things throughout my list. We're broken men. <laughs> but we this, need help. <laughs> this particular album is always a joy to listen to. Like, regardless of time, space, my feelings about the day, good, bad, ugly, whatever. Um, to the point where it was very difficult for me to even pick like a song to play for you guys here. So I just figured like, well, what the fuck? I'll just go ahead and start on track one, which is only 39 seconds. Mm. And then it'll go right into track two. And again, completely other end of the spectrum from where Elsie is. But as much that I would want to get up and thrash around and Mm. destroy things in a fun way, because the pop elements are there amidst the blood-curdling screams, amidst the hooky guitar riffs, amidst the incredible bass for the entire 45-plus minutes that is this album, because there's 15 tracks on it. Some are short, some are long, and some are popular, and most are not. But you've got to love that bass. That bass. That Hunter something bass. AFI bass. That AFI bass. Of? Oh, is this what I think it is? <laughs> it's not Just what I wrote down, but what is this? <laughs> okay, I give up. Ah, oh, it is! <laughs> it is, I forgot. Oh, The Art of Drowning by AFI. I, this album, like Black Sails, introduced me to the to this band being great. But this album pushed it over the mark, and I can remember listening to it in my car, realizing by track twelve that I was in love with every single song, and being like, I've never felt this way about an album in my life. <laughs> you know, I was just casually playing the single. Uh, yes. of the Phoenix to test the audio levels on their <laughs> microphones today. Right. And Adam's like, I never heard that album in my life. <laughs> but every I had no fucking idea. <laughs> wow. Fuck what you done to me now. You made me I wanted our band to be this band mm. so much 
<laughs> when we, we were in a band some, together. We wrote some punk songs. I, yeah. I, I always wanted Mike to find his inner Davy Havoc, but we, we I didn't wear enough eyeliner. No, not enough eyeliner. And he couldn't get the like falsetto projection. Mm. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not much of a falsetto. I know, but that's okay because I, I I can pick up a word or two on this album. <laughs> Granted, I don't know a lot of the words this this album, and that is totally okay with me. But that makes it better than Elsie, though. That makes, it, makes better it better than, than Elsie. Because, like I said, I can the joy factor. The joy factor. Mm. I can enjoy every element of every minute of this album, from track one through track fifteen. I, and, and, and it's weird to think that Days of the Phoenix, like I had heard that song back in 2003 when I discovered weird this video, band. by the way. Well, yeah. And that was when I was like, oh, I'll never be into this band. Yeah. They're too weird for me. So, as I was listening to their four minute discussion on Yahoo yeah. about this album, where they're just like, so we got some more money for this album and we could spend more time recording, so we put some more effort into it. And then they spent about two and a half minutes talking about how, with this album, more women were showing up to their shows compared to <laughs> so men. So I started to wear leather pants. <laughs> they didn't mention anything about that or anything about the songs getting better. <sighs> and then let's let, let the oh, you want bass intro of track three. Okay. You don't get that bass. That bass is lost to the to the fucking ether yep. of life. So, like I said, I can enjoy every single solid minute of this album. Maybe well, not every second, but every minute. <laughs> I'm sorry that I accidentally spoiled this prior to the episode, but <laughs> when I was testing the levels. When you played Days of the Phoenix? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's okay, because I wasn't going to choose that song. It was just too too popular. Too much of a single. So, yes. We don't I, do singles on this show. <laughs> so, I just felt like I couldn't have my number one song be a crushingly depressing album, mm. even though I love being crushingly depressed with as, albums. As we've come to learn. But so I also enjoy you thrashing have, more. You must have talked about this already, but I had guessed that No Closer to Heaven was going to be your number 10. So you must have talked about that already by The Wonder Years. I didn't because that album was a 10 out of 12. Oh, my God. Interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's in my top 200. Yeah. But... Okay, so okay. I, so I, I so I was right that you had not talked about it yet. Okay, but did not did not make it. Did that not commute, compute. Okay, so, so I got I, four out of five right. Okay. Three of them were Gaslight Anthem ones, and one of them was Elsie, of course. Of course. I, I figured Elsie was. I, if I had to put money down, I figured Elsie was going to be your number one. So what were you thinking? So I fucked up sevens? in thinking that you had already talked about December Underground. Like I already said. Okay. So I, I didn't know that was going to be on your list. For some reason, I thought you had already talked about That's the Spirit. Okay. So, you so put that I there. did not get that one. And I had a f- sneaking suspicion that you were going to put Art of Drowning in your top 10. Mm, okay. <laughs> but that was not anywhere near your top 100. 101. 101. So I had put that as your number eight. <laughs> okay. So why don't you – so you have them ranked then, right? Yes. Um, okay, so everything else – Everything else I was – correct about not in the right order okay but, so my number 10 album <laughs> again this was a pure long shot guess uh-huh. i put this is how the wind shifts by silverstein oh interesting <laughs> so i do love that album. i know you do love that album yeah. but i was just like what the fuck else could there be yeah. that was the only one that i could think of 101 because <laughs> you had talked about shipwreck many months ago and right. i thought maybe you liked that album more than shipwreck so i was like if i remember correctly that's my favorite silverstein album okay but not their best not their best at number nine for you, I had put Get Hurt. Okay. So what, what number did you officially six. have number nine? You had it at six. Yeah. Okay, so I was close. Um, then I had Art of Drowning at number eight. Okay. 
Number seven for you, I had put Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Okay, it ended up number five. Number five. It was close. Very close. <laughs> oh, this was my other one that I wasn't sure about. I put at number six, The Alchemy Index by Thrice. Oh, cool. All <laughs> Which, four of them? All four of them. Because yeah. you told me that I could put that one even though they were all EPs. Yeah, and it counts I said, as one project. And I said, no, I can't do that. It's not legit. While I do like that project... It's very inconsistent. Okay. Very inconsistent. So I just figured... I do recommend people check it out, though. I just knew you hadn't talked about it, so I thought maybe it would sneak onto your top (laughs) ten. My number five album for you was Still Still Searching. Still Searching. Number five, which ended up my number nine. You had it at number nine. Number four album was A City by the Light Divided. Number four. I was close. Very close. (laughs) Two away. A lot of these are like two or three away. Right. Except for Still Searching. My number three album for you, oddly enough... In hindsight, Devil and God? I'm surprised, was Devil and yeah. God. And then number two, Sempaternal. Sempaternal, number two. Again, two away. Number one was number one, Define the Great Line. Define the Great Line. So you did. You got seven right. That's really <laughs> not cool. In, not in the right number order. Yeah. I mean, you got close. Like two, Like two. A lot of them are two away. But wow, yeah. you did a great job. That was pretty crazy. Wow, you know me very well. <laughs> Apparently, so, I don't. <laughs> so yeah, where were, where were it all yours again? So uh, I didn't rank these, but I knew because you hadn't talked about you only talked about one Gaslight Anthem. No, you haven't talked about any I Gaslight. talked about You talked about Painkillers. Oh, it's Sinker Swim. That's right. And he talked about Painkillers. So I was like, hmm, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of missing Brian Fallon over there. <laughs> I had completely forgot about American slang. It's just because, just you know, he kind of caught me on the... Hmm. On, uh, Oddly enough, you and I have not talked about our love for that album it's so good. as much. It's so good. Right. So, you know, so I just did 59 Sound, handwritten, Get Hurt. So you had 59 sound. Well, you didn't do them in I 10. I didn't rank them, sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay. But if I were to say ranking, I'd say Elsie would have been in your number one. Uh, and then I was thinking, like, No Closer to Heaven. He loves that album. you know. And he, I and, do. And but there's a couple songs. Those, he, those songs emotionally crush him. And I know Adam <laughs> loves being emotionally crushed. <laughs> <laughs> Only for my number two. Right. Not for my number one. <laughs> oh, man. This like has been enjoy. incredibly fun. And so did you did you think I would have Define the Great Line and Devil and God in my top ten? Devil and God... Would not surprise me, but I didn't think. I thought that you had already talked about that, though, mm, and I okay. thought that you already talked about to find the great line too. Ah, so my okay. mistake. And then black sails and art of drowning. You just never would have guessed. Never would have guessed. <laughs> never would have guessed. But that's so cool. That's that art of drowning is your number one. Yes. Now we know. And like I said, pin when, it on the wall. When I started this on December twentieth, mm-hmm. I told Mike like, "Hey, I'm I'm starting to listen to all my best albums of all time. I'm really having a fun time with the A's." <laughs> As you can see, this was the reason ah, why. You, you already planted the seeds. Already. I had already started listening, re-listening to AFI yeah. and The Amity Affliction, yeah. which ended up being a lot in my in my best of the best, Absolutely. my top 40. So, yeah. yeah. That's why I was ready to do this project. I knew this was going to happen, but this has been the longest episode of our uh, top, entire lives. top albums. And well, I do know that DSD's favorite AFI album is The Art of Drowning. Yeah, he said that. So I'm interested to find out where that will fall yeah, on and his he, list. And he hinted as to what his favorite uh, brand new album was. Right. Well, and he and he said, like, I think Mike and I shared that. And I wanted to, like, jump in and be like, guys, I like that album, too. Yeah. I might not talk about it as much, but it fucking is incredible. <laughs> oh, we have some audio glitches here. Let's turn that down. Sorry. All right. It's yeah. fucking incredible. <laughs> it is. And we learned it's super high up on your Number list. five of all time. Oh, my God. Man. Incredible. Not as good as Elsie. According to some of us. Yes. But, <laughs> well, but thank you guys so much for sitting down with us for the last seven weeks and uh, you know, li- listening to us share 
some of the best albums we have ever listened to. And thank you guys to you know to the handful of you guys who have commented and liked and sent us messages. We can't wait to hear your feedback yeah. uh, based on this one too. So it was awesome. Once again, message us uh, your thoughts. Uh, you, you you can you can contact us on Facebook at at Skinny with Mike and Adam, the Skinny Pod on uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on YouTube because we got stuff going. Uh, the Skinny Do Official it. on YouTube. Subscribe to us there. Uh, hit smash that subscribe button. <laughs> hit like. Uh, and then uh, subscribe to us on iTunes as well, of course. And uh, and and please tell your friends about us. Uh, we'd love to hmm. we'd love to like increase the audience base. We'd love for more people to check us out and for more people to share their thoughts as well. You know, if you haven't liked us on any of our social medias, please get into contact with us again. If you want to email us too, you can do that at skinny with Mike and Adam at gmail dot com. Next week, Adam, we're going to talk about our, an album that's definitely going to make our top one hundred albums of all time. <laughs> We're going to have to redo this top 10 list, I'm sure. We're going to be talking about Coming Home by Falling in Reverse. Oh, I thought we were going to say Newfound Glory. Newfound Falling, Re- Falling in Reverse this time? Yeah. Well, that, that has come out yet. We haven't got the press copy for that. Okay. But that's coming out very soon, too. But we're going to be reviewing Coming Home by Falling in Reverse. Uh, I'm going to guess right now, not, not, not as emotionally crushing as some of these albums we just listened no, to. No. It's but, not going to uh, end up Please there. tune in. And you know, we're, we're going to continue on. Uh, you know, we're going to keep reviewing for you guys. We're going to keep doing... Press. Hopefully, we're going to be doing. We're going to be interviewing fans. We talk about shows. We talk about music news. So just tune into the Skinny with Mike and Adam, and uh, you know, share it with your friends. For my co-host Adam, I am your co-host Mike, and I'd arrest you if I had handcuffs. Oh snap! I'd arrest you if I had the time. Really, really sad song <laughs> that I feel uncomfortable saying some of the lyrics, etc. <laughs>